And like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship. We are back, baby. And this is Salt of the Streets podcast. It is Saturday, October 20th, 1.32 p.m., episode 36. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports that's built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness and continue our endless and tireless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I am Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, the dip- the little uh, that was a good one. The disappearance of a Saudi national, Jamal Khashoggi, uh, from the Saudi embassy in Turkey, Khashoggi, which will possibly have some far-reaching geopolitical geopolitical implications. Almost definitely. And we're going to break it all down and talk about that. I also wrote a piece for the Salt of the Streets blog this week on saltofthestreets.com. Don't forget it drops every Thursday where I took kind of a look at uh, the latest arrest of a leaker in the kind of upper tiers of the government bureaucracy and the relationship between leakers and reporters. And then once again, we're going to jump into the grab bag and pull out some fun topics worth a good conversation. All that and probably much, much more coming up on this episode of Salt to the Streets. But of course, before we dive into the heavy stuff, just a reminder to rate and review the show on whatever platform you're on right now, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you like what we're doing here and, and want to help us out, all you have to do is give us the 30 seconds out of your busy day to rate us and review us. Give us five stars. And don't forget to screenshot your review and send it to us on one of our social media platforms and you'll get... What are we talking about? $5 off? I said something off, but $5 sounds good. Off of your very own Salt of the Streets t-shirt. Quality, quality fucking merchandise, handcrafted, artisan fucking made by yours fucking truly. Uh, merch store, merch store, buy our merch. So, <laughs> check it out. Uh, and where you can find us there on the social medias is uh, at Salt of the Streets on the Instagram and the Facebooks. And, of course, don't forget, you can always get a hold of us at saltofthestreets.com. Yeah. You can check us out on the YouTubes if you're liking the video podcast. It's on there at Salt of the Streets. And while you're there, of course, on the YouTubes, don't forget to subscribe. Click the like button and make sure to click that little bell icon for notifications when we drop new episodes every week. And I think that's about it. Oh, yeah, this is not just a conversation between two guys. We want to include you in this conversation. So if you have a topic for us that you want covered or you just want to add to one of the topics we discussed today or any day, hit us up on our personal social medias or any of the official salt to the streets. I am at Big Bird Offy on both the Instagrams and the Twitter machine. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And I think without any further ado do. We'll jump into the Jamal Khashoggi disappearance. Start chopping it up about Saudi Arabia and Turkey. Treat yourself. And the and the geopolitical implications that have uh, will be facing over the next I don't know month or so probably. I don't know how long this is going to go down, but for a while, yeah, for a while. It's been building for about two two weeks. weeks. Two weeks and a day now, I think. 
Uh, mm-hmm. viewers, I actually have a motherfucking timeline. Oh, the timeline. Yeah, timeline is very helpful. put out a sick ass article. BBC, I will say this, is always clutch with the timelines. Quality. I mean, when we did that breakdown on Yemen, the Yemenese conflict that was going on, BBC yeah. was a huge help with that yeah. because it goes back a long ways. Forever. Some of this stuff in the uh, related to the Jamal Khashoggi stuff actually ties into possible implications with the, the Yemen conflict and Iran and all that good stuff. All right. So let's start here, right? Who the fuck is Jamal Khashoggi? <laughs> he is a Saudi nationalist. A dissident. Right? A, a supposed dissident. Because that's what... Oh, I don't know that it's supposed. That's I think that that's pretty... Oh, I mean, um, in their... Yeah, I think because, so. Because, I mean, he's a Saudi person, a Saudi national who const- not constantly, frequently writes things that are counter to the active regime in Saudi Arabia. That, yes. That makes him a dissident. And um, he used to be very <clears throat> tight with the royal family and has worked for them for a long, yes. long time. But he's been in exile. Self-imposed exile yeah. is what I heard. I think living in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Resident of the United States, but not a citizen. Indeed. Important to to note. Um, at least the president seems to think so. But <clears throat> so... Well, I think it, he, it is important to know. Yes. Because um, as a Saudi national. He's, I only say that yeah. because he's like the only person that I have heard continually add that, you know? Like yeah. he's not a, he's, you know, let's just remember that he's, he's not a citizen here. Like, and I mean, I think we all know that, but that's, yeah, that doesn't That's not it, really what we're talking about. It's still there, a pretty G-Dog, big but, fucking deal. Uh-huh. Um, so he was a dissident. He was a journalist that was a contributor to the Washington Post and mm-hmm. a couple other places, but mostly, I mean, to the Washington Post, most notably. Um, and he, on the 2nd of October, Jamal Khashoggi went into the Saudi consulate in Turkey. What is a consulate? Do you know? Like, it is essentially, I mean, it's similar to an embassy, I think. It's, yeah. it's a, and I don't know. Yeah, we might have to fact check, so fact fact check, check this the one. Fuck but is a console. You know, it's kind of that that piece of land is like sovereign land, land to whatever country it belongs to. I went yeah. to <clears throat> when I lived in New York. I went to a dinner party at the British Consul really in New York City once for That's a uh, cool. event, and I met some kind of cool movers and shakers, like the the head of FDNY and the, the New York City, you know, police department chief and it was pretty cool some british people there there was a few yeah it was yeah it was the the british i think the british ambassador and his whole entourage was theirs too Ooh. so but i didn't know who they were at the time i wasn't really involved back then but it was pretty cool i still remember that but i think that's kind of what a consulate is it just works i could totally be wrong but i I know it has something to do with you know a foreign nation's you know, governmental system right. and stuff in a foreign land. Right. So I will look up the definition of that on Tuesday. Like I said, fact check, and I will check that out. So um, anyway, I just wanted to know, just because I'm sure that someone will be curious. Um, yeah, so no. he went into the Saudi consulate in Turkey, right, to go and get paperwork that would allow him to marry his his fiance, um, and so she stayed outside. And he went inside. And the first story I heard, because I knew about this the last time we recorded, but I was, like, waiting for it to develop, right? Um, And so the first story I heard said that, excuse me, 
he left his phone with her and then she never heard from him again. And then I heard that they just stopped communicating when he went inside. So I don't know exactly what the truth is on that, but that part and, I don't think really. Yeah. I don't think it that much. really matters but, that much. Um, so he goes into the Saudi consulate and doesn't come out. So his girlfriend, his fiance is outside waiting for him and eventually reports it like four hours later. And the first thing that she's told is like, Oh no, he left. Like he's not here. He definitely left the building. Like he must have just walked right past you. You must have just missed him, you know? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that it's doesn't like, make any sense. Like that's not, there's, there's no way that that's the case. The ultimate um, douchebag move. That yes. was the case. Um, and especially because he was there supposedly to get to file like divorce filings or something <laughs> yeah with the consulate um so that he can get married to the lady that was waiting out front with his girlfriend right. or fiance or whatever yeah so and that doesn't add up so then he was gone and you know he's missing for a couple of days and people are like well this is really weird like maybe he got kidnapped you know like that's really strange but nothing comes up there's no messages no anything you know about like no ransom or anything so then like a week goes by and they're like well He's probably fucking dead. Like, at this point, he's probably dead that he's been gone for a week. And, like, now we just have to kind of figure out what's going to happen, you know. And then some st- some reports start to come out that there's a team of Saudis that go into the consulate right about the same time, you know, that uh, that Jamal Khashoggi did. And it was about, like, 15, I think, was the number I read. 15, yes. Yeah. Um, and... They all had really big bags with them. They brought really big fucking bags with them. And uh, I think it came out that there were some bone saws that they brought in with them and um, all kinds of really raw shit. Yeah, because, I mean, all these the people console. were identified. Yes. And, I mean, these were like forensic experts and, you know, essentially <clears throat> interrogation experts. Four and- of the 15 people have traveled with the crown prince as his personal security detail before. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Because it's important to note that Prince Mohammed bin Salman, commonly referred to as MBS, um, <clears throat> is obviously claiming no knowledge of this at all. Has no idea. You know, it's got to be some type of rogue actors. That's that's something that's come out. Is that it, it's a another team people separate from from the crown and from the yeah. prince that you know that that did this and they interrogated him. That was the first story. Was that maybe he might have died on accident during an interrogation. And then last night I heard that the newest report is that he went inside, ran into this group of 15 people, got into a fight, and then died in this altercation with them. That's the most recent story that has come out of, um, I believe it was the intelligence communities of the Saudis that, that put that out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> after they, I think they fired two of them is what I have here. Yeah. Um, because essentially at this point it, they, they're trying to make it so that it, cannot come back to the actual crown prince himself right they want to tie it to the you know bureaucratic structure the that's intelligence in there. agencies yeah um, of saudi arabia essentially like their cia is what they're mm-hmm. trying to blame it on which too i think there is one important aspect of this that just can't be overlooked <clears throat> enough excuse me yeah and that i feel like the majority of the information that we're getting is all coming from Turkish intelligence. Yes. The Turkish media, which is state-owned. Well, so Turkey... and Because Turkey isn't exactly trustworthy these days. Correct. He, um, I mean, they're, they're much more... If you're going to put it on the percentage side, they're, they're much more closer to the 51% of an enemy versus an ally. Shit. 
just closed one of my articles on accident. Oh, don't you love it when that happens? Yeah. Happened to me two weeks ago? Um, I think that it's like <clears throat> the Turkish someone god damn it, some that's the fucking article I needed. Um, <laughs> some group in Turkey, it's probably their intelligence agencies or some shit, says that they have videos of Khashoggi being murdered and fucking hacked up and like put into bags and shit. Yeah. And I mean Which I guess in that itself, they could be lying, but I don't know why they would say that so openly if if that's not the case. Especially like, because by saying that that means that you somehow have video surveillance in a sovereign nation's building? In this, yeah, in the Saudi consulate. Which yeah. is not okay. Right. And I did look it up real quick. Consulate is very similar to an embassy. It is Word. a smaller version of an embassy in a sense. So we can just think about anything that could happen at an embassy for the most part could be done at a consulate. Like a district office? I would, a field office yes, for the embassy? I think so. Cool. I fuck with that. So there's that. Okay. So, but see that, okay, like I said, all the info coming out of Turkey. Yes. I feel like we should probably be be taking it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, I don't see how, when you look at all the stuff that we just know for sure as facts, it all kind of makes sense that the shadiness of it all, I mean, it all looks pretty bad like they lured him to the console or they they got an opportunity to get him out of console and then just pick him up and either kill him or interrogate him or bring him <laughs> back or something um even without you know the turkish intelligence agencies coming out and saying that they have video of it and all this stuff i don't think you even need to jump to that you don't have to rely on their evidence to kind of come to the conclusions that we do i just i think that it seems like a pretty serious allegation for them to publicly claim for it to be false. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think that's the only reason that I wouldn't, that I would be less apprehensive to believe the information coming out of Turkey's because mm-hmm. it's such a. Well, and when you look at Turkey's relationship with the Saudis, yeah, it's, they are not friendly whatsoever. I mean, they're, they're worse off than we are with Turkey. Right. And, so I'm not And so for them to just they don't have to lie about it if it happened. They just have to air it out and be exactly. like, "Hey, we're trying to make these people look bad." Exactly. So I don't necessarily I think I'd have to chalk it up to uh what's the word I'm looking for? nefariousness. I don't think it has to be something like they're trying to like make it look like they did it because I think it just looks like they did it, period. Yeah. With the little evidence that we have. But, Even without the video evidence being out there, yeah, I think so. I mean, it would be if it exists. Um, it would be lovely to be able to have our intelligence agencies confirm it, mm-hmm. and so we actually have some rock hard evidence. Well, but it doesn't surprise me. Something else I think that um, it, I I thought was very interesting that this is being handled by Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, right? Mm-hmm. Looking do into you, it. Do you know why that is? Because we do not have an ambassador to Turkey or to Saudi Arabia. We don't have either of those things. So the only person that can handle it is somebody that's directly appointed by Donald Trump, right? And they're not sending Jared Kushner there because Jared Kushner, and we'll talk about this in a minute, his financial ties and like at least ticklings with the Saudis Mm -hmm. are fucking so vivid 
that he can't even be anywhere near this. Yeah, he can't touch saying? it with a ten foot pole. No. And you know, his personal relationship with the Crown Prince is also something that's incredibly uh interesting when but, you think about, you know, a a possible what is that called? Uh what's the word I'm looking for? Affects uh you know, his personal relationship affecting his professional relationship with them. The conflict of interest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty severe. Yes. And so, yeah, he can't be a part of this at all. Well, the Saudi prince was quoted, I think, last year saying that he had Jared Kushner in his pocket. You know what I'm saying? I don't know whether or not we ever talked about this on here, but that was definitely something I had down in my phone for a long time that the Saudi prince was quoted as saying that, you know? And I'm sure that asked directly, he would be like, the fuck no, I never said that, you know? But... That was something that was reported here when he was on his tour of America going to all the yeah. cities and the tech companies and fucking rubbing elbows and uh, pressing the flesh. That's what Pressing the flesh. Yeah. He's doing that. Uh, when he So when he was here, he went to a bunch of different cities and to try and find tech interest in Saudi Arabia. Um, that's one of the big reasons that he was here. And that, that whole thing is because of this incident is yeah. – Something that's probably not going to happen anymore. That no. whole big tech conference. He, they were hoping to raise over like $10 billion or something like that. Yeah. But everybody, for the most part, is, has pulled out of it. And a lot of the major banks aren't going anymore. Right. Uh, Steve Trez- Mnuchin. Yeah. yeah the Trez- Treasury Secretary. Yeah. That's what he is. The Mnuch. Yep. No relation to the Mooch. And so let me, let me break down a little timeline of events because... Um, just a little quick one that I have here from the BBC that I'll tweet out this article when we're done, when I'm done breaking this down. Mm-hmm. Um, so on October 2nd, um, at like 3.28, the private jet carrying the Saudi agents arrived in an Istanbul airport, right, in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a second one joined in the late afternoon. And at 12.13, the several diplomatic vehicles, they are filmed at the console showing up. And they're allegedly carrying some of the Saudi agents because it's probably too far away or whatever for anybody to decide. At 1.14, Khashoggi, he entered the building where he was going there to pick up the uh, the paperwork. And then at 3.08, the vehicles leave the consulate um, and they're filmed arriving at the Saudi consul's resident. And then at 2100, both the jets left Turkey. They're both gone. So that quick, with I mean, Khashoggi with, and with, bags. Within two hours, the guy goes in there and he's murdered, chopped up, and then dropped off in a fucking forest somewhere, and then they leave. You know, like presumably, what the fuck? presumably, allegedly, yeah, you know, allegedly, but yeah, that's kind that's, of the main narrative going on. And so, Honestly, and that's about where we're at with this because we're now the pressure's on to what's next. What's going to happen? You know, until we find out he's not dead, we're going to operate on the assumption that he was killed. Right. Because it's 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 not black and white just yet, but it's it's not real real gray. I mean, it seems more black and white than gray. And so I think moving forward now, foreign policy might have to adjust. <clears throat> There's some there's some interesting talk about whether the Magnitsky Act will apply to this situation. Well, so so what's going on now, right, is that Turkey is investigating, Saudi Arabia is investigating, and 
And Mike Pompe- um, Mike Pompeo's over yeah, there. Yeah, when Mike Pompeo was over there, he urged both of them to have an open and impartial investigation and to just have it very, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's that fucking... What's transparent? Word? Yes, thank you. Um, to have a transparent investigation, and so now we have to wait for those both to come out and see whether or not they seem legitimate. And if they don't, then I'm sure that what the UN Security Council or uh, fucking NATO, someone goes in there, you know, and they investigate in what happened. If they don't feel like, if we don't feel like as a, a group of nations that those investigations were either thorough or transparent enough. You know, that's what I feel like I personally think will happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I could see that, especially because just due to the public nature of this incident. Can't have people being hacked up and murdered. You no. Know, murdered and hacked up. Sorry, that's probably a better. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Probably. Let me ask you this one question. Yes. Because, I mean, we've kind of hit the main guts of the story, right? And now we're going to talk about the. we got some more financial ties to talk about, but. Oh, but, we do. Okay. Go on. Um. But what I wanted to talk about is the attention that this individual admittedly heinous act is causing. Yes. Because it is a single incident, I think it's it's much more like uh, one murder. What did Stalin say? It was uh, one death is a tragedy, a million is a statistic. Yeah. Right? And so when you put up the murder possibly you know political assassination if you will of one agent of the press one journalist mm-hmm. uh, compared against what happened in turkey during the you know i call it a, a faux coup d'etat back in 2016 when tens of thousands of people were affected by this this supposed coup where th- over 300 people were killed 2100 people were injured mm-hmm. there was mass arrests of people in like police officers and judges 40,000 people at least were detained 10,000 of them were soldiers at least 20 2740 2745 judges 15,000 education staff so on and so forth just, just the numbers are staggering but nobody really gave a shit. And so when you look at that compared to the, the attention the single individual gets, I think it's interesting to think about. Well, that I can't speak to that because I don't. That's before we were doing any of this. Yeah, I so know. I don't have knowledge about that. So I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it's OK. So regardless, of, I call it a faux coup. But I feel you. But I can't even talk to you about that until I have looked into it. I'm not willing true. to even engage in a conversation about it until I have looked into that. 10 so. I'll send you my links. <clears throat> well, I can look into it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought we were talking about Khashoggi. Not well, we talking, are. You know, this is a point I wanted to make in 2016. So. It's just a, a point I wanted to make about how this one incident is causing some very, very close scrutiny. And I don't know if on the whole, as far as foreign policy goes, how much effect this will actually have. I'm wondering if this one incident versus, you know, incidents similar to this in the past, if they're going to be handled the same way or if this is going to be more severe of a change. Again, I don't know because yeah. I don't yeah, yeah, know yeah. about that. So yeah, I this can't. is true. <laughs> bad form, Don. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I mean, like I said, if I would have known that you were going to say something about that, then I would have looked into it. This but is true. You know. But anyway, I was even paying attention to anything. So, 
That's I can't right. speak to that. I, I don't know. I mean, if you take the only thing that I can answer to that is what we've heard from the administration that's handling this. President mm-hmm. Trump himself has said that if they find that the Saudis were involved, then shit's going to be bad. Yeah. I don't know. This is a completely different administration than even in 2016. So I don't know. You know? Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Okay. So let's we'll move so away from that. that. When this happened, there was no sanctions. No, nothing happened at all when that happened. We'll talk about it later. How about that? We'll talk about that. I don't know. We, me and you could chop it up after you have time to look into it, maybe. Okay. But regardless of that, that was just my catalyst to asking you what, let's say all this does come out and we find that this is 100% totally true. This did happen. What do you think are going to be some some moves foreign policy-wise? I think the only thing that I've heard them openly talk about right now is sanctions. If they find out that the mm-hmm. crown prince was or the well, what the fuck do you even call that? The ruling party, the something, the crown, the crown. Was yeah, involved. the crown. I, I guess because they find out that the crown was involved somehow, and it's just know, a monarchy essentially. I don't know how the intelligence agencies carry out an act like this without somebody. In the, I mean, unless there's some type of uh, so-called deep state, you know, within the crown itself that's acting on its own accord. Yeah. But that would that, that seem would strange s- from a man who just locked up a bunch of his uncles after he took power. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like through a party and like locked up a bunch of them in prison yeah. after they showed up there. So that would seem strange that there would already be some. T- I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to watch over as as it develops over the next, you know, but that's it's days to, and weeks. Okay, so that's what the president says, right? Mm-hmm. But it's hard to tell because um, there are so many backwards ties between the president and Jared Kushner and the Saudis that. It's hard to tell because when this first happened, the first thing that President Trump said, he's like, well, you know, I don't know about anything because, I, you know, they buy so much shit from us. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do because they buy so much stuff from us. And, you know, you're talking about X amount of jobs and all these people that are going to be fucked over if we do this. And like, again, which is something that's not uncommon. Most of the statistics that he spouted were untrue. They yeah. were false statistics. You no, know, I can't. Surprise. Yeah, I'll fact check them and I'll tweet out some articles about it on Tuesday. I can't quote them right now, but they're not fucking true. Um because essentially he was looking at the the arms deal that was made recently. Right. And right. so he brought up companies like Raytheon and Boeing. And, you know, those are – we're all going to lose jobs now. All those people and are going to be out of work. This weapons deal, which doesn't we make talked sense. about this a couple of weeks ago when we had that first listener request topic from Marquise mm-hmm. um, about Yemen and the Saudis. We talked about that weapons deal. So I will – excuse me – link back to that episode – when we, when I post this shit on Monday, I'll link back to that so you can go and listen to it so you can hear more about the weapons deal because it's what, $180 billion weapons deal? Some Something such like, that, like that. Yeah. I mean, some absurd fucking number. And that was like one of the first big things that President Trump did when he got in office, right? The so, globe. Yes. Remember the globe. And then I also have this article here from PolitiFact, right? PolitiFact okay. balls the fuck out. Um, I don't know how much you've used PolitiFact before, but it's a, it's a great source that they take. I don't know if you know what it is, but if it's like a fact checking type is, situation, yeah, right? What a fact what they do is they take a statement that someone said, some political figure, and they fact check it. And then mm-hmm. at the end, they give you a rating from totally false to like, you know, totally yeah. true. I used it you. when I uh, looked into Beto O'Rourke after that, uh, that debate with uh, Ted Cruz. Yes. So 
This is a PolitiFact article uh, about President Trump claiming that he has no financial interest in Saudi Arabia, right? And so they called it, at the end, the ruling was half true, right? Because they said they have no evidence that Trump or the Trump organization owns properties in Saudi Arabia, right? Because they don't as of yet. But he had talked about, I believe, um, like a hotel there just because he's done canoodling there. Yeah, he's always wanted to, um, I think. Right. But he has profited. This is a quote from there. However, Trump has profited handsomely from business dealings with the Saudis dating back to at least the 1990s, right? Mm -hmm. So he sold like a whole floor of one of his hotels to the Saudis at one point. And I mean, there's all kinds of shit in this article that's outlined that. Yeah, because just because uh, he doesn't have a a T-Dog millionaire building in the country doesn't mean that he hasn't done business with them for decades. Right. You know, and then that was and kind of the same issues that people were having with his ties to Russia. This is okay. So now I remember, right? So not only is that not true, right? What he said, but it's so not true that there is a court case actively open against President Trump in, I think, Maryland, um, over the emoluments clause in the constitution because when the crown prince was here and was doing his tour a bunch of his people rented out rooms at a trump hotel and it bumped up their shit like 13 percent in one quarter because so many people stayed there and so that was when he was in office that was when he was in office because that was recently that was not that long ago (laughs) yes you can't do that yes and it was just approved to move on so it not only is that not true, it's so not true, he's being sued over the constitutionality of taking that fucking money. That's how not true it is. Now, did you say it's moving on? Is that what you just said? It is. It just got approved to continue on. Like that. Like it, up the uh, court yep, chain. Up the, up the okay. chain. Up the uh, chain, baby. Get yeah. it up there. Yeah, man, you can't. You can't do that. 13% bump in revenue from room rentals for the first three months in 2018. After two years of declining figures. It sounds really familiar to uh, his old habits that we broke down. Was that last week? All the yes. Trump finances and stuff? Yeah, that sounds really similar to that types of situations. I mean, why would we assume that they would stop doing that just because he was president? Yeah. So, that's how he's lived his whole life. So that's... That's where I'm at with this, right? Yeah. Is that that is fucking concerning as all shit to me that Mike Pompeo, somebody who was chosen and confirmed by by the Trump White House, right? Jared Kushner is the head of all this. President Trump is obviously deeply involved, you know, quote unquote, however you want to believe it, because that's what he's saying all the time. He's got his hands in fucking everything. President Trump is handling everything, you know, except for this that I delegated and this that I delegated and this that I delegated. And Jared Kushner is actually doing all these things. That's right. He's bringing um, peace to the Middle East. Yeah. (laughs) So it's concerning to me. That this is the party that's handling this. That there isn't somebody, there isn't an ambassador that's gone on there that is already sitting that's whose job it is to deal with this shit. You yeah. Know to have not that Mike Pompeo existing relations. And- not that Mike Pompeo shouldn't be involved as the Secretary of State because it's geopolitical, like you said. Yeah. There's implications everywhere. But the fact that there isn't somebody else who isn't directly tied to the Trump White House that can help deal with this, I don't like. So maybe like a delegation of, you know, from the the State Department. Yes. That some, might be good. Yeah. I, but I yeah, know. on paper, it, it does make sense for the Secretary of State to go over there and, yes. and do that. But lots of 
possible conflict of interest. Because if you're, if the core executive is corrupted, and we're not saying that he is any or he isn't, it sounds like he is. Yeah. But assuming that the core executive is corrupt, every executive extension, every executive department after that has the possibility of being corrupted. Yeah. Whether or not it's the case in Mike Pompeo's situation, I don't know. I mean, it seems, it just, it's, I mean, it's strange because it's a whole new era in. It is Maryland. It is Maryland. Right, yeah. Attorneys that General me. for Maryland in the District Court of Columbia cited the payments by the Saudi lobbying firm as an example of foreign gifts to the president that could violate the Constitution's ban on such emoluments from foreign interests. So it wasn't the actual crown paying for it. It was a lobbyist group on behalf of the crown. Um, yes, because it was people that, yeah, that paid for and... Um, yeah, because it, it seems really, really stupid to think that that would, you know, he would try to do that because that's an obvious you know, breach of that emolument clause. Yes. And then there was also, fuck, something about, it's called Blackstone, right? And that is a firm that is an American interest infrastructure firm. Okay. And sounds really familiar. So check this, right? Because this is why this sounds familiar. God damn it. I'm so jazzed about this. <laughs> I remember how jazzed I was last night. Okay. Because, right? The Saudis and probably this same investment firm, right? Um, they invested a bunch of money in that infrastructure firm, right? And I'm trying to find this shit so that Blackstone, I can get down on it. yeah, Blackstone. And then that's one of the people that President Trump called on when he announced this infrastructure plan last year. That's by all these different private funding places in America. Blackstone is one of those places. Sounds really similar to Using the Halliburton situation. Sa- yes, yeah, Saudi money to invest in American infrastructure. I mean, that President I, Trump already yeah. has private business dealings with. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that's not that's not cool. I mean, I don't. I on think the whole, it's, it's like okay, cool. We have foreign money coming into the economy, but that's some real crony capitalist kind of buddy capitalist type of stuff. Yeah. Which again, like I said, it reminds <clears> me of Dick is. Cheney and Halliburton. Last year, this is a quote from the Washington Post article. Um, last year, the kingdom announced plans to invest $20 billion in a private U.S.-focused infrastructure fund managed by Blackstone Group, an investment firm led by CEO Stephen Schwartzman. That's why this is a big deal. Um, Blackstone stock rose on the news, right, after that happened. Earlier this year, Trump unveiled a $200 billion federal plan to fix the nation's airports, roads, highways, and ports, tapping private companies for help and selling off government-owned infrastructure. Schwartzman who celebrated his 70th birthday at the president's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida, accompanied <laughs> President Trump on his visit to Saudi Arabia. The guy who manages the firm that we got the money for, who also got it from the Saudis. So this is Halliburton 2.0. What the fuck? What's going on what here? What the fuck? Like, How is this I'm not red this, flagged? As I'm reading this, I'm like, the, our governments officially know better than anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Like, if this is the same shit that is happening across the world that we look at and we're like, that's fucked up. Like, where isn't anybody saying about that? You know? I don't know. Because the Washington Post has a goddamn article about it and no one gives a fuck. Like, <laughs> that's not you, the first major article that me? has been under underappreciated. Yeah. I, we talked about the, the New York Times article last week. Like, about, can you fucking believe that? I mean, I can. It's highly disappointing. It doesn't surprise me. 
Like, is it bad that that doesn't nope. surprise me anymore? No, nope, I can't. Because, uh, yeah, that's good to know, though. You heard it here first, because apparently nobody read the Washington apparently Post no article. Knows, but this is all. Well, that's because the Washington Post like, is hashtag fake news, bro. And I am. It's crazy to me, right? Because it's not like this is anything that I anybody can be like, oh, you're 23. Like, you're just misconstruing something that's going on. Like, no, no. I read three articles and I just tied that shit together. It's not that fucking nice hard. Like, little I bow. It's that fucking easy, you know? So I don't understand. Like, on the grand scale of the re- or on the grand scale of the research that we do, that was a pretty simple one. Super. This is, <laughs> this is gotta be um, a quarter of the research that I did for the fucking DACA piece. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And this is like a bigger, like a a mind blower. You know more than that. Like that. I don't. I just can't believe that. You know what I'm saying? That. Hey, well, it, with any so luck, bold. in I, like I five or six years, we're gonna get another amazing movie out of it, just like we have the new uh, Vice movie coming out. The oh, Dick Cheney one. Birthday. I'm, I'm so my excited. Birthday, I decided. So you're more than welcome if you want to come. I really you know, do. It's a strange family day, so I totally understand if you can't go, but I'm gonna do it that day. So <gasps> oh, it is. Um, it's Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a it's a strange day. I am never mad at anybody who can't show up, but all are invited. Well, so, thank you, sir. Yeah, so I think I'm going to do that, and then I'll, I like to Cheers. fucking, I like to go to a bar and watch football that day because there's always football mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, um, and just hang out. But I can't get really fucked up this year because it's close enough to when Jordan's due date is that she could have the baby at that time if he decides to come early. You know, wow. so I can't get too fucked up just in case anything happens. That's getting real close but, too, by the way. I know. <laughs> I know. Last night oh. I. Like, you know, just a, a quick break from the Saudi craziness. Yes. I, we were sitting on the couch and I just, I had my hand on her belly and he just was fucking going crazy. He was going nuts, dude. It was awesome. It's, trying to give you a fist bump through the womb. It's just mm, so mm. weird. You know, it's so strange because you can like, he's big enough now that you can feel how small he is, you know, because he's only, he's like just over a pound now. So he's really little, but you can feel like. An elbow or his head or like his butt, you know, like you can tell like what is going on. Yeah, it's super weird. That's weird. It's really your little human. Yeah, I know. I'm really interested to see what he's like. You know, that's I just can't wait. Yeah. And then like like. in like a number of years, he's going to like be able to like have conversations Mm -hmm. with you and he's going to have his own little personality. I mean, his whole huge personality. Oh, I'm sure. Be a very interesting person to talk to. You imagine if, especially I had, being your son, he's going to be a very interesting individual. Imagine if I had a quiet kid. Like if you just no, was, I can't at that all. Be weird. That would be weird. Yeah, be like, Dad, why can't you just like be quiet, just chill out? Yeah, who's put off by how much noise I make? Like, just really, it's like, will you just like quiet down? You know, like, Dad, I'm trying to study here. Me and friends over. Like, <laughs> you're embarrassing me, yeah. Dad. So that's coming. <clears throat> So I just, like I said, I I think that it's really, like, it's glaring, Mm -hmm. you know, the amount of susness, for lack of a better term, that it, like, is going on, you know? And I'm I'm not a fan. So let me just ask you this. Yes. Ask me. What do we do? What do we do about this as a nation? You're, You're at the helm. What are you going to propose we, we do going forth? Do we cut off the arms deal? 
Oh, I don't think that the arms deal should have gone on in the first place. Okay. I, I think that I don't think we should be. I don't know. There's enough other places to get oil, you know, that I yeah. we are not so solely. We don't need to be so relied on the Saudis right now. That's right. I also think that, and we can talk about this next week, but like the new report about global warming, that Ben Shapiro shit on all kinds of people. Doesn't matter, you know, the rates, whatever. The shit's getting worse. Like the water yeah. levels are rising. It doesn't matter, you know, regardless of the argument on it. But Every other hurricane now is a devastating hurricane. I think that we should be trying to lean away from oil and natural gas. So, you know, as much as it, it might cost us a little bit more, but it might be better for us in the long run to, well, you know, mm-hmm. let's buy a little bit less of it and we'll try and figure out some other stuff that works better. You know? Well, for the first time in a decade, because I've, I'm more interested in the geopolitical implications aspect of this. Like, right. what's gonna, what are the possibilities going forth? We should have these companies, right? Because we should, with, say, companies. Yes. Okay. Companies that are, inv- I don't know, the companies that are invested in, or like oil companies, the things that are invested in natural gas, like the money they just got from this big tax plan, you know, these big taxes they just got, they should take that and they should invest it in something else, some other type of energy, right? R&D. So that it's not such a giant fucking hit to them when we when we stop buying shit from the Saudis, you know, when we're like, we're done with that. We're saying mm-hmm. from the Saudis, we're done with their oil. If you want oil, buy it from someone else because we're not dealing with them anymore until they're done in Yemen, until they're done killing people, until they're done chopping other people up in consoles, until they're done with this, we're not doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the last couple of months, MBS has been like, oh, we're going to let ladies drive. We're going to let them go to sporting events. And we're going to let them... Go go to the movies. You know what I'm saying. We're going to reform. We're like yeah. we're moving forward. We're progressing here in mm-hmm. the Middle East. So we want tech companies here, so you guys can feel comfortable. You know, and it's evident now, at least to me, and hopefully to you and to everybody, that it's just a fucking sham. They're just trying to get people over there because they're scared that there's so much other oil in the market. You know, they're yeah. scared that people are not accepting of their traditional lifestyles. You know, and they don't want to have companies here. It's now, I can. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, and so uh, I, I've heard a lot of commentators uh, over this, you know, the past couple of weeks on this thing talk about, you know, we we had referenced that big tech conference that was supposed to be happening yes. in the future, which most people have pulled out. Lots um, of people, and now it's basically just going to be a Russian conference, which is great because they don't Ooh. care one way or the other. Um, but the the push from MBS has been to diversify the economy and get away from the oil industry as right. much because yeah. the balance of power in the oil industry is much more level now. Nobody really has that much sway. Other right. than I mean, the great powers, if you will, and then Saudi Arabia, of course. Because the shit's finite. Like- yeah. Well, and we uh, over the last decade or so, the U.S. actually has become thanks to like uh, fracking mm-hmm. we've actually become a net exporter for the first time since the 50s of i want to say of oil really yeah so we're, we're definitely not reliant on their oil like we were back in the 70s when they had that i don't know if you remember that at all i what we weren't alive or anything but I, I remember hearing about then. it in the early yeah, it was in 73 there was an arab oil embargo and so like 
you ever seen those pictures of like gas lines, lines. Oh, yeah, and yeah. gas like rationing? Your, uh, yeah, yeah, based off your license plate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like that was a huge economic war, essentially, right. on their part because they had all the power. Right. And now they don't have all the power. And so whether it's, again, through nefarious means or a legitimate trying to modernize, I don't know. That's I. That's all up to, you know, that's, obje- that's uh, subjective, I guess. It's the only person that really knows why he's doing it is the crown prince himself. Yeah. So, but, so I can't say it's evident. That's my personal mm-hmm. theory. It seems evident to me, but that's not that's well, not me saying that's the truth, right? If you take like in their I've deduced from the it. history of the country as context, you you absolutely have every right to make that assumption. Yeah. Because if a history is any lesson, and it usually is, it would make sense that they're just trying to survive at this right. point. And I wouldn't put it past them to be doing that. Yeah. But, you know, is it like with this Khashoggi thing? Is this still just kind of standard practices? And now that they're trying to modernize and all this, and it's just kind of they got caught and they're just trying not to to look bad, but it still happens anyways. Some people would say that it is. Some people would say America still does shit like this. You know, I wouldn't. America still does take me. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I don't. (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it. Right. So I don't know. You know, we've done it very recently with. You know, the wars in the Middle East and Guantanamo, Guantanamo bin Bay. Yeah. Guantanamo Bay, Osama bin Laden, you know, which is actually, that was an interesting point that I've been reading about because I've been trying to do a lot of history into. Shoji used to, he reported on. uh, Yeah. And like interviewed him before he established Al Qaeda. Yeah. Because Osama bin Laden was a, he's a Saudi nationalist. He's a, he's a Saudi. And, and he was also a dissident to the to the government. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's well to the to the to the crown. Yeah. Because it's weird to say government to me over right. there because right. it's all just a it's it's like if the because there's a like the queen of England the monarchy. Like, yeah. There's like because they have like a parliament or some shit like that. They have a prime minister or something. They but the monarch like, still sits right. At, he still has all the real power. Right. It's he makes all it's the like the opposite the, of the UK. Like yes. the opposite of the UK, whereas the royalties there, for whatever reason, they don't really have any real power or right. anything. It's all run by the actual government. But I think in Saudi Arabia, it's kind of switched around. But I mean, it is a it's an interesting thing to uh, to play around with and to try to see what the possibilities are in the future. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's if you start to come down too hard on the saudis are they still going to be supportive uh, supportive of us you know in you know with iran and with israel stuff like that are they not you know the whole idea you certainly of the, can't go into the middle east as a third party and expect to, to not have anyone in there backing you and expect to figure it out yourself yeah so i don't know you i mean you probably would have to begin to allow like ally yourself with Someone else, but I don't know who else you want to pick. There, yeah, I don't you know, know who else to, you can. Um, but you know, Syria is on the hard outs, right? Um, you know, Israel is probably our one yeah. friendly nation in there, other than Saudi Arabia. But even Saudi Arabia, it's kind of one of those the enemy of my enemy is my friend relationships versus a true friendship. Yeah, probably hence the. No ambassador and all that good stuff. Right. Okay. So, so you're 
So you're right, right? We do obviously have to have some type of, maybe not have to, it seems at the time it's more beneficial to have some type of political connection to Saudi Arabia, right? But I don't think that this weapons deal Hell is, no. is the way to be doing that. I don't know? think... I don't we, think that's yeah. the right way to do that when we can see that those weapons, those missiles, those planes, all that shit is being used in Yemen to kill civilians. Absolutely. While we have soldiers, not soldiers, we have advisors on the ground watching it happen while people are ignoring them. You know? I mean, advisors, There's, these are usually special operation yeah you know specialists and whatnot that's right. so it they're in a way i mean they're soldiers for in our minds right i just i didn't want to say that because boots i don't want on people, the ground right, i don't want people, people yeah. to think boots on the ground that's yeah. why i didn't want to say soldier because i agree they probably are people who very recently were you know were in combat or combat experience yeah. very recently especially uh, in the middle east that's kind of how the majority of it runs right. I just all through the like special I said, I operators. Just, I don't want them anybody to think yeah. boots on the ground. That's why I was hesitant of that. But um, that's a good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so, treading in dangerous territory. <laughs> yeah, the language here is very important. It is. Um, so I, like I said, I don't think that the weapons deal is the right way to do that. I don't no. think that's the type of political connection that we need with Saudi Saudi Arabia. So I think that. I mean, was it FDR that said, you know, on his outs to beware of the military industrial complex? Um, I don't was think it, that it was FDR. I don't think it was FDR. Um, but I will look that up real quick. World War II era Eisenhower, perhaps? I, maybe it was Eisenhower. Yeah. But I mean, I, that shit is real, man. Like, what you were talking about here is a government business deal. <clears throat> deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess I'm caught in my throat for a minute. To sell weapons to another nation. Yeah. I mean, we're fighter jets, guns, ammunition. Missiles. Rockets. Yeah. yeah. All the stuff. And we're just giving them... I mean, what happens if all of a sudden, 10 years from now, it turns around and we have to go to war with Saudi Arabia? Guess what? It was Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower. Thank yeah. you. And uh, it was a good save on that one. I don't know why I thought FDR. But anyways... Uh, right around that time. This was in 61, so... Okay. But yeah, I know this I don't like arms deals between between nations. It seems that you're in Not a way like this, selling you know. your soul to somebody because you never know what the future's going to lie. Right. You know, what's going to lie in the future and the person that you're selling your best equipment to or maybe not your best, but your equipment to Certainly you might quality to, equipment. Yeah. You, and they're you, not buying shit. And there's no reason to think that one day in the future, you might have to turn around and face the same equipment that you just sold them. Especially. It seems so stupid. Especially with what we lined out with in the episode a couple weeks ago. That fucking, that bold military prediction that I made, you know, with the shit that's going on in Yemen. That if this shit continues like it does. And. I think that it's very prudent to go back and listen to that episode. I think it was just like three episodes ago that we did that. Yeah. Um, but we talked all about the conflict in Yemen and Saudi Arabia. And I think that if it continues the way that it is and America eventually has to intervene on the side of Yemen, you're going to be fighting Saudi Arabians. You're going to be fighting a Saudi-backed coalition, coalition over there. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be fighting people who are using your own weapons against you. And at that point, you've either got to fight the Saudis directly or cut off the weapon deal then and stop giving it to them because they're using them against you, you know? So... Yeah. I, that, I think that's very correct. That is on the fucking ball. That if... if 
if all of this continues the way that it is, Saudi Arabia continues to act out in all of these ways, both in Yemen and doing bold shit like this, killing people and chopping them up in broad daylight and flying them out of the country or dropping them off in a forest and then leaving the country, you know, with people that have been seen with the crown prince before, you know. Uh, like closely tied, not like just seen. As his security detail, his yeah. personal security detail. Like... I don't, Super sus. I don't know how. It's not good. I don't know how that continues without America being involved in some way mm-hmm. that the Saudis are in favor of. You know? Oh, yeah. So. No. I, don't, I think essentially the majority of our, our halfway decent relationship with the Saudis is all based off of business deals like that. Yeah. Trade deals. Oil, oil and guns yeah. is what it's about. Oil and fucking guns. Like, that's. Because. Essentially, through our dealings with them and their dealings with, say, the Russians or, you know, various powers around the world, that's how they've gotten so filthy, rich, and powerful. And that's exactly what the deal has been the whole time with the, with the Saudis. You know, the whole time that we have been allied with them is that they've got the oil, we've got the guns. You know, you guys keep giving us what you got and we'll make sure that everything is cool over there. We'll step in if somebody's gassing the Kurds, if some shit's going off, you know, we'll step in, we'll do something. That's how it's always been, mm-hmm. you know. So, I don't know. It it doesn't seem, uh, this shit's crazy. Yeah. That. He said, I, I don't want to keep repeating it, but I, I don't know how this continues. And America doesn't have to intervene in a way that Saudi Arabia is, isn't unhappy about. So. And I would really hope that it's not a u.s alone situation i hope it's like a u.n well and i don't think that it would be because a a lot of people are not happy about this you know no um and they're not gonna stand for shit like that and it'll probably be the same type of people that went in with us on the on the missiles you know france and germany right that's who was with us so probably be the same Mm -hmm. deal then that we'd be like listen we gotta we gotta do something about this but i don't know I don't know what the fuck we would do. And that's, you know, well, I that's mean, go and, into fucking Saudi Arabia and start blasting. Like, that's, can't do that. Saudi Arabia know? has nuclear weapons. Do they not? I do not know. Ooh, no, you would I gotta have look to, it up real quick. Yeah. So I, I don't know, you know, it's because that's not going to be the first thing. I mean, the first thing would be sanctions and like complete political separation from Saudi Arabia, Col- yeah. political and financial. And well, I think too, and, the Magnitsky Act could apply to this situation as well. Because I, I mean, this is that's a, when a journalist you're yeah. talking about. And I think that's when the concern comes in is how do you expect somebody like the president we have now with these type of ties and Jared Kushner with these type of ties who's supposed to be figuring out Middle East peace, you know, and only people who have been brought in by President Trump. How do you expect him to deal with the Saudis in an unbiased way, you know, when everybody has to completely separate themselves from the Saudis and he has a building that's shown a decline for the last two years and then the Saudis pay for it and he sees a 13% bump. You think that this guy is going to take that? That's bullshit. You know, that's the same reason that he's not releasing his taxes. You know, it's the same (laughs) goddamn reason. Like, so I don't trying to see they they are nuclear power i don't know how many weapons they might have yeah but they do have a very uh large nuclear energy system which tells me that they have some at least the capability so and that those connections with with president trump and the saudis is it's really the only reason that i bring up military intervention because the 
he's not going to be happy about everybody separating them you know, with all the money they're getting and all the everything. You know, we need all that. We need all that. But, you know, they've just got all this extra money that they just pumped in defense. You know, so they've got this big swinging military dick that they have. You know, so that's that's the other option. And that's what he's always talking about. You know, yeah. we'll and just smash the had... red button. We'll just fucking, you know, we'll do this. We'll yeah. just go, we'll nuke them. You know, we'll just do it. Why can't we just nuke them? Like, so. Yeah. It, wait, I will say this, because looking forward to the 2020. Yes. Even the midterms in a way. Yes. President Trump has always kind of campaigned on it. No foreign wars. You know, we don't want to get involved in these foreign wars and stuff. Well, right. this could be his if he's not careful. Yeah. And, oh, it definitely could be. You know. But and I mean. Just right back into the Middle East that Obama just got you out of. Yeah. You know. And at that point, <laughs> I mean, you think about it. What's worth? What What is worse? A corrupt dealings with you know like with blackstone and all this stuff right. or a military conflict if, if those are your two options it's like well, man dude. i don't know i mean i don't want the corruption i don't want another halliburton situation fuck no but i also don't want to go to war with saudi arabia because that would be a really really bad thing yeah and because that even too i mean you can't unless saudi arabia got completely completely isolated from the rest of the world, which, mm-hmm. I mean, they have their own allies and interests. I mean, as soon as we back away from, if we were to back away from Saudi Arabia, I would be afraid that, you know, look at the conference. The Russians are the only ones that are sticking around. They don't right. give a shit. Now, you, all of a sudden, they're not the just backing. Yeah. The Saudis, the Russians, the Chinese, the all, I, all fucking yeah. ganged up. And, and then they're you've all, got a real, you've got a real set of new fucking Axis power, like Axis powers. You know yeah, what I'm and like that's that's, <laughs> that's all. That, yeah, what I'm always yep, concerned yep, about yep. with the Russia situation is because yep. they get their hands in all sorts of these things. That look at Iran. I mean, they're they're supporting the the Iranian side, I guess you'd say, of the Yemen the Yemen conflict. Yeah, and then, anybody who's yeah. not totally lined up with America, Russia's like, well, hey. Also, we've, our tent is pretty also, big, guys. We've got cookies, so also, you're trying to kick cookies. it. Like, I mean, you guys don't here. like, you know, dissident journalists. We don't like dissident journalists. <laughs> I'm just saying, I ain't gonna judge you. You lot come over up. here. I have people assassinated. Mm-hmm. We've got things going on in the same way. This guy, North Korea, he kills people. We've all got shit going on. It's like, here. guys, guys. Okay, just I know that our our astronaut rocket just blew up. But I mean, we still got lots of rockets. Isn't that we can crazy? help you out? Isn't it? Yeah. But they were all cool though. Those the both yeah. the ballistic reentry. Nine fucking G's. Oh yeah, nine fucking G's coming in there. I think I've only felt two That's G's nine before. times the force of gravity is what that means. That's heavy. Yeah. Can you imagine weighing nine times what you do they now? They come in such a nasty angle that they and then they. Hit hmm. and they said I was on like a BBC practice. They roll for like tens of meters, like a couple hundred yards. They're just rolling, like up. skipping across the uh, atmosphere. Um, yeah, and oh. then once oh. they, that's like a like a level of uh, what's that movie? Sandra Bullock, Gravity. Yeah, that just sounds. Yeah. Terrible. I think they said one Korean lady, she fucked her back up when she was doing an astronaut. And Oof. so she's been in physical therapy for like months. But yeah, so that's. I would be worried about I, that. I agree. I, I see 
I see the concern there geopolitically yeah. of isolating Saudi Arabia because that's who they turn on. You know, yeah. that's who they turn to is to mm-hmm. that new set of, you know, the other side of the line that we always talk about. If a war breaks out, you got to draw a line. Who's what are the sides? Yeah. You know, that definitely puts them on the other side of that line. Yeah. And With, it puts them on the same side as Turkey and Iran and probably the majority of the Middle East other than. Yeah. I mean. I don't think you can even really count Iraq as that's well, especially with President Trump knocking off fucking deals with other people, you know, knocking off nuclear Iran nuclear deals and shit. And I mean, Iran's not happy about that. They're no. not happy about that. But that's the other thing too that makes it interesting. Is Saudi Arabia is not happy about the the nuclear deal. The nuclear deal. They're not happy with the Iranians even having any attempt at a nuclear weapon. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would potentially see. Because when you put them up on a scale of power, right, Saudi Arabia is much higher in the power scale than Iran is. Mm-hmm. And so let's say we we divorce Saudi Arabia and lines are starting to get drawn in this far-flung, probably hopefully non-realistic, you know, future. And the Russians make contact with Saudi Arabia. They become buddy-buddy and they decide, you know what, why don't you guys just go ahead and just take Iran? I mean, that, you guys can handle that situation. You know, I know you guys have a thing. We're not really that close to them. We're just there because, you know, they're helping us out a little bit. But, you know, a little quid pro quo. You help us fight the Americans and you can have some Iran. Yeah. I wouldn't see that as being too far flung in a situation. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be very precarious going forth. And I don't know what you would do. The moral answer is... You know, divorce Saudi Arabia, but Find is it really who's not fucking Mike Pompeo or Jared Kushner to start getting involved in this? That would be That's good. What I would do. That'd be a good place to start for sure. But yeah. I mean, if we're gonna if we get rolled into another Halliburton situation, at least we could probably, if everything was, up, you know, if everybody in the investigative side of it was on the up and up you can turn around and and ruin their fucking life after the words but yeah you know i don't know it's a tough one um so that's i mean that's all i pretty much have on that uh so that's all the information that we have let us know what you guys think if you think there's any other options because those are the two big options we lied out the military and whatever um any other comments you have any questions anything that's not clear anything you want to know hit us up on facebook on instagram Anywhere, and we'll get back to you. You know, on our Twitters, any anywhere, and we'll, and we'll get back to you. Let us know what you think. Uh, that's what we're here for. So, hope that helped out with that. Uh, what do we have next? Your oh, your article on the yeah, leakers, my little blog post. Yes. How did you like my blog post? I thought it was good. It was good. It was nice, short, sweet. Um, and I didn't know about I didn't know about this lady before I read your blog post. I was going to write about uh, kind of a Venezuela 101 thing. Mm-hmm. But still, just due to the week that I had, I was so starved for time that I just didn't feel like I could do enough justice to it. So I just was like, I'm not even going to do it because yeah. I'm going to do it right if I'm going to do it. And then I started scoping around. And said, okay, what what can I write about real quick? And so I, fill on, I threw on the Philip DeFranco show and he had talked about it. So I took some notes and then I, I delved into some more articles about it, started digging through. And I realized it just the story itself is pretty cut and dry. 
you know, it's a, uh, I just mixed that current situation in with a bigger topic that kind of was on my mind. And that's all these leaks. Yeah. And so we, was it in the pre-show that we actually dropped her name? Natalie, uh, Natalie Mayflower Sowers Edwards. At the very end of it, yeah. She was arrested earlier this week after a investigation and then after an FBI interview. She is a senior advisor at the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. And she was arrested and charged with unauthorized disclosure of suspicious activity reports, also known as SARS. Yeah. And conspiracy, uh, each of which carries up to five years. And she's being prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District of New York. Right now, she's out on bond, on a $100,000 bond, and is due to show up in court next week. But essentially what that means is she was a leaker Mm -hmm. from inside the government bureaucracy. Pretty high up. She was a senior advisor, whatever that means. Whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) It's a bureaucratic title to justify a job that probably isn't really needed, so I'm not going to get on that. But anyways, uh, a lot of the... uh, Well, we don't know that, Colin. This is true. We don't know. I'm not going to... Not all bureaucracy is bad. Some of it's necessary. This is true. This is true. But she might have a pointless job. That's, that's also I mean, true. you never know. I did see a picture of her with President Trump at one point. I was like, oh, okay. So she's at, at least at some kind of level where she can get that photo op. Yeah. Which means, to me anyway, that seems pretty high up there. She's pressing on his flesh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's probably not as high up as you when it comes to being able to take a picture with your local federal mm. representation that was nice but ooh, side story later about that word a very interesting thing <laughs> that's going on that i'll be interested to follow but uh she was arrested you know she had a thumb drive and i talk about it in my in my blog post so check it out salt on salt street yeah salt of the streets.com i'm sorry i did a beat to cut you up. no it's like every time that we need to drop it we both like oh yeah we gotta drop it and we try to say it at the same time but she had thousands of these SAR reports, right, which are used by financial institutions like banks and, you know, all that good stuff to kind of flag possibly illegal activity. Yeah. <laughs> and she had apparently over a thousand different SARs on this flash drive she had. And she would use an encrypted app on her phone to take a picture of these things and send them to a journalist. At BuzzFeed, right? At, allegedly. Allegedly at BuzzFeed. And that's the thing. It doesn't really matter who she sent them to. Like you know, unless there was some kind of uh, quid pro quo situation, which I don't think usually in any leaker situation the, there is. I had a hard time, maybe just because I'm fucking ignorant, right? Mm-hmm. What's the relevance of these reports? Like, I know that they said that they have to do with Paul Manafort and the Russians and shit, but what's the like? What's the okay? What's the well, in you know what I'm saying. The first link that I put at the bottom of my uh, the blog post there, yeah. it goes to a site called Red State, which I don't know the you know the validity of it, but essentially at the bottom of it, they Kevin actually link to what Kevin Smith baby Red State <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but anyways, they actually link to a uh, a number of the BuzzFeed articles that yeah. were you know allegedly tied to some of these SAR reports, yeah. and they're really interesting. Um, because they're they're not bullshit, but it, it just kind of shows how, you know, it referenced Maria Butina. I'm good. Um, Maria Butina, the the alleged Russian spy, um, former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort and yes. his business partner Rick Gates. Um, 
and it's not really anything too damning or anything. It just kind of is how they were doing some of the illegal shit they were doing. But the really bad part was that, you know, at towards the end of this whole thing, she tried to claim that she was a whistleblower, right? But all the, you know, most of the SAW reports that she was leaking were actually being used by the Mueller team to actually, uh, what is it, discover and prosecute all these different people. So she's just trying to cover her own ass. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's nothing really illegal going on here. So you don't really have anything to whistleblow about. Plus, all this stuff is actually being used the way it's supposed to be used right to take now. down people. And so she's not going to get anywhere on that. But yeah. for whatever reason, she decided that she had to leak these things. And yeah. And then you posed the question also of at the point that the reporters receive this, right? Mm -hmm. Do they have some type of moral responsibility? Not ethical. Ethical. Or do you think our ethics and morals are different? Yes. Fundamentally. Generally the same, yeah. but morals come from a different place. Ethics is supposed to be more objective than morals. Really? I believe so. I get, it doesn't really matter. We should talk about it in the, in the grab bag. So it doesn't That matter. would be good. Um, as of right now, for me, in this per particular context, they, the terms are interchangeable. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter. We'll talk, any, we'll talk about yeah. that. So, that sounds um, fun. They have some type of moral or ethical responsibility do they yeah, have if, some responsibility yeah. not to report that mm -hmm. right and i thought that was interesting and then i think that i formed my opinion right and i think that in an instance like this um i don't think that they have or really in most instances they don't have a moral responsibility not to do it or an ethical yeah. responsibility not to do it right because that's that's the job like as long as it's not something that's gonna put someone in immediate danger at that point you do have the responsibility not to publish that or to do it in a way that it will not put someone in danger you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying excuse me but something like this i mean this is this is the story that they're that they're gonna get you know i mean it, it's information it's it's mostly about so it seems to me because these documents don't change anything, right? Mm -hmm. They're not crazy, like salacious documents. The story really is just the woman leaking it. Yeah, you know? that's and the so real story. Like, that's really the story. So I think that the responsibility here, at least for me personally, you guys let me know what you think. Everybody, audience here, salt of the streets, salty, what, what did balls and bellas? That's what Jake <laughs> called them. <laughs> um, but, um, that's what I shit. What the fuck was I saying? Interrupted myself to say something funny, and this is what I get. Um, <laughs> Does but, yeah? It's it's their oh, job. No, it's, it's yeah. It's that woman. You know, I mean, she, she she's the problem. She's not a whistleblower. She's mm -hmm. someone who's just trying to release shit. That I, I don't know. You know, I haven't. I didn't look at the actual documents themselves or the reports on the documents. I looked at the other two articles because I'd never heard of Red State before. So the. The indictment is is big. Yeah, I'll just say that it was. I just was. I got what I could out of it. We'll yeah. just say that. Um, but yeah, it was just it was something I I wanted to ask just because I thought it was a good question to ask. I mean, it seems rather obvious. Yeah, at least in most circumstances, it's whatever the news outlet is. Even though I have a slight vendetta against BuzzFeed News, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> 
it doesn't matter who the you know the uh who which platform i guess you would say releases it mm-hmm. it's the fact that somebody leaked something that was not supposed to be made public that they didn't need to right because yeah. i'm i am I'm a fucking fan of whistleblowers. Yeah. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but I am a supporter of people releasing information that Legitimate. the public deserves to have. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's why Edward Snowden, we can have a whole fucking talk about a whole other day. But I mean, motherfuckers like this that are putting out information that people should have, you know, I, I'm a fan of. I am in support of. I'm about that shit. This woman is just leaking shit to leak shit. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't information the American people need. This is not something where we're being violated. Our freedoms are being infringed upon. You yeah, know, like it, it dives into like, what was her motivation? Yeah. Why were you doing this? And that's kind of, well, is <laughs> in that fame, case, maybe not even dollars because I don't know that they paid her, but just. Yeah, because if, if somebody paid for a leaked document, yeah. see, does that have any kind of. Is that illegal? I f- yeah, I don't know. It seems pretty Probably sus. is. It's like buying stolen merchandise. Yeah. You're in a tight spot. <laughs> got, it. got it. I got this. People oh. just watched me struggle for so long. That I didn't think so about funny. it. I just this need is beer. all the more reason to go and watch the YouTube video. Yeah. It gets fun. But, yeah. That's, it's the fundamental difference between a leaker and a whistleblower. You know, I think I said that in the in the post too. You know, there is a very stark difference. One of them is trying to point out, like you said, information that for whatever reason they feel the the public needs to know. Yeah. And generally speaking, it's only supposed to be on things that are illegal or you know, I guess you could probably even say immoral in some cases, right. unethical. Um, which that gets a little dicey because then technically you still may not qualify as like a under whistleblower status, but it doesn't mean you're wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, why did we need to know these things? We don't, we don't need to know. And especially if like, she's going to be in up shit Creek now for, for no reason. It's not like there are things that. Like reports that went in, SARs that went in, and then were completely ignored. Mm-hmm. You know, like that would be something else. That would be a story if she was like, we have these documents and nobody's using them. You know, mm-hmm. they show they are clear evidence of fucking X, Y, and Z and nobody's using them. You know, I'm really glad you picked up that beer. I was really interested to see what you think of that. Yeah. Um, so that's something different, but it's just, you know. Like you said, the Mueller team is already using this. Like yeah. People are already using this information like they're supposed to. So I don't know what she wants from that. Yeah, and it makes me really wonder, it's, what was she getting out of this? Maybe we'll hear some more about it, but I kind of doubt it. I have a feeling that this one will just kind of die off and we won't really hear anything about it again. Yeah. But apparently, like when I was researching this stuff, apparently the... DOJ's investigations into leakers from the government are up 800%. Yes. Which makes sense because That's they wanted good. to crack down, isn't it? That's What's like it called again? Shout out to Ninkasi. Pris- We're prismatic. drinking prismatic. We're drinking all this. I bought this case of uh, Ninkasi IPAs. It's, it's delicious. Just, it's four different ones, and they're all really, really good. These, these are Shout out Ninkasi Brewing. They're delicious. I think they're in Eugene, Oregon, Bend, maybe. I do love Oregon. Oregon. Eugene, Oregon. That's where Mr. Dan Carlin lives. 
And Cam Haynes. We just talked about that. We did. <laughs> I think the last beers we drank were from Eugene as well. Yeah. I love Eugene. Oregon won last week, just so everybody knows. At the end of the episode, it was yeah. like the last fucking seconds, and it went into OT and shit. But Oregon won last week. What fucking... Was it 30 to 27? It was... God mm-hmm. damn it, it was beautiful. They double iced the fucking kicker from Washington, burned two timeouts, iced him. He made both of those kicks and then missed the third one. So Washington got it, marched it down the field, smashed it, ran it in front of six. Yep. It was fucking incredible. That was insane to watch that happen. It was great. To miss that last field goal again. Oh, guys. Yep. And now Washington is playing Colorado right now. They're winning 17-13, three minutes left in the third. And then Oregon plays Washington State tonight at 4.30 in like two hours. Should Ooh. be home just in time. Oh, yeah, you'll then get that. some fucking dinner at 6.30. I'm going to go to some Italian place in Silverdale. And I'm going to eat some. I think I'm going to eat some fucking manicotti. You know Ooh. What I'm Sounds heat, right? Doesn't that sound delicious? Man. I've been craving, craving red sauce I all made, week this week. This week, I made stuffed shells with Alfredo sauce instead of red sauce because oh. I just... I make super delicious Alfredo sauce. That's what I should be cooking for you guys is fucking yeah. make amazing Alfredo sauce. Stuffed shells and Alfredo. Yeah. So I will have some, that, please. Some that big sounds- ass shells, but like ricotta cheese in there and Parmesan cheese and like a bunch of garlic and some, some fucking spices, you know? Put them up in there. Some kielbasa. I cut up a kielbasa and I fried it up and then I put like two or three pieces of the bottom and then put the cheese in there and then put them on there put the alfredo sauce on top and then oh. baked it for like 15 minutes you oh, are in my god geez. you need to stop talking right now this yeah. is really i'll make that for you guys territory. sometime i make delicious food it's terrible for you it's not going to be good for you but it's going to be delicious i'm really you know? excited about so, that yeah mm. uh, that's what i'll make for you guys because <clears throat> it was great it was really good yeah, we'll have to do like a nice dinner night or something like that pretty soon. Fuck yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. We'll do Jake and Morgan too and I'll make a fucking big old pan oh. of them. Yeah. It'll be a whole deal. It'll be fantastic. Maybe we do that for a football game one day. Oh. Yeah, baby. Great. Yeah. And then like two weeks ago, oh, I told you we made fucking uh, pigs in a blanket and like a cheese sauce. Yeah. That would be really good for, for that shit that too. That does sound really good. I'm telling you. We make, we make terrible things. Jordan being pregnant, you know. She's just like... You make some really good food. Yeah. It's not exactly good for you. Right. She eats pretty healthy. Like, she has her glucose test in, like, two weeks, I think. Um, and, oh, my God. I meant to fucking say this at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Zeke, I don't even know if you know this, but he fucking had his baby. His wife had his baby. Con- Zeke is a dad now. Congratulations That's to Zeke. awesome. Shout out. So we're going to send him a little care package with a little salt of the streets onesie in it yes. because you fucking deserve it. Along with some other shit. Shout out to Zeke. You're the fucking man. He's going to be here in December. He's going to be on the fucking show. I am it's so excited fantastic. for that. Yeah. So shout out to fucking Zeke. I'm super proud of you. I was so honored, right? This dude texted me that he had had his baby. Like... Like, after it happened. Like, he thought about me enough to hit me up and be like, yo, we just had our baby. Because we talk, like, fairly regularly every week or every other week, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, he hit me up and was like, yo, we had the baby. It was awesome. Here's some fucking pictures. Like, That's I don't want to say her name because I didn't ask Zeke about it first. But I just want to shout out that he did, in fact, have his baby. Totally healthy. Beautiful baby. You say her name? Her name. Yep. Okay. It is a girl. Um, but I don't want to, like I said, I don't yeah, want to yeah, blow yeah. up a spot just because 
as I didn't ask, but um, <clears throat> like I said, he'll be in December, so I'm sure we'll talk about it then. It was awesome. He said it was a mind-blowing experience, so I'm excited. Very nice. That. It's going to be sweet. So I'm sorry. We can continue no, now. That sounds um, great. Yeah. The shells, the pasta, Jordan being pregnant. Glucose test. Yeah. Um, to make sure that she doesn't have diabetes, pregnant diabetes. What's that called? Mm. Uh, gestational diabetes. Okay. So is I that like a temporary thing that can happen? Yes. To, okay. You get diabetes just while you're pregnant, have your baby goes away. That Super makes sense. Weird. Yeah. Because, you know, baby's taking all the, the good shit. You get the leftovers. Right. So, <laughs> so we're pretty careful about what she eats. She does the fish eggs and shit like that. But, you know, we she doesn't eat too much, too mm-hmm. much like sugar and then processed shit. Like yeah, that. yeah. That's good. Yeah, but that processed shit is just we, basically poison for we you. We did have chicken nuggets and mac and cheese last night. So mm. shit does happen. But, did you guys you know, go to Taco Time after right. the cast last week? We went to Arby's last time because oh. we were in the car. And I was like, so you want to go to Taco Time? And she's like, well, I'm not sure now. And so, okay, well, let me know by the time that we get to Paulsbo, like, if I need to go into Paulsbo or, like, to, yeah. No, I want to go to Arby's. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> going so, to Silverdale. Yeah, you just got to do, you know. And when she gets a craving like that, I mean, there's no, like, fighting it off, you know. Until, you cannot like, deter that. Until it's satisfied. So. That is an immovable situation. That it's is a, happening. Yeah, it's a strange deal, so. Well, it's like in movies and stuff, you always hear about those stories about like the husband having to run out at like two o'clock in the morning to go to the quickie mart to pick up like a, a jar of sweet and sour pickles because all yeah. of a sudden like, well, baby mama's craving them. She yeah. needs- oh. Yesterday, um, I was at work and I was, wasn't going to be there for like two more hours. So I get off early on Fridays and <clears throat> she's like, I really want donuts. You know, I was like, well, I'll buy you donuts like tomorrow for breakfast, like before the podcast. She's know? like, no. She's like, she's like, all right, or maybe I'll text grandma and see if she wants to go with me to Slides. And so she went to Slides. <laughs> they did end up going to Slides and got donuts and shit like that. So that was pretty well, Slides is always a good decision. Had a couple of fucking the Viking cups there, the cinnamon rolls with all the icing in it. Oh, Delicious. Man. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, so mm, that's all mm. I'm thinking about is food now. Yeah. No, it was a good deal. It was a it was a super good deal. Um, but. I think that that's really it on the journalist. Yeah. Let's um, let's bust open that proverbial grab bag. grab bag. Yeah, we can do that. Do you have something at the top that you want to go into while I'm pulling mine up? Would you like to talk about Elizabeth Warren for a minute? Oh, yeah, because you sent me that article that she's having her first debate, right? No. No? Oh! Okay. No, that was... That's, uh, that's Feinstein. Diane Feinstein yeah, having her yeah, first... Yeah. And I didn't listen to it. I got to go back. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. Diane Feinstein debate. Um, but no, Elizabeth Warren, um, 2020 hopeful, apparently democratic primary. Um, she's been saying for a number of years that she is, um, a part native American. I think it was a Cherokee and Delaware, but, uh, you know, and, and the way she would always talk about it was through this family story because every time she talks, she has to talk about Ma and Pa and Auntie and and all that stuff. Right. But because uh, she's from Oklahoma, she's got that real kind of like watching a John Wayne movie style Oklahoman like way of speaking. I don't know how all Oklahomans talk, but I feel like that's not that way. Not like that. I feel like most of it's pretty fake coming from her. But that's just me. I'm I'm being very object or subjective right now. But anyway, she released, uh, I think it was a little over a week ago. Um, she took a, like a DNA test or, you know, through some MacArthur Genius Grant 
winning, you know, person that that tested her blood and looked at her genetics and this, yeah. that, and the other thing, and and determined she is indeed part Native American, but not as much as she thought. Mm-hmm. Like vastly, vastly smaller. It was right. anywhere between one sixty fourth and like one one thousand twenty fourth or something like that. Yeah, which essentially puts it like back to she had one possible Native American relative six to ten generations ago, and you know then there were some, there were some questions about the validity of the DNA tests um, that the actually the the <clears throat> Cherokee Nation. Secretary of State uh, Chuck Hoskins Jr. had actually came out, I think it was like four hours after the test came out, and basically just questioned the validity of the test and the fact that her through doing all this and claiming this status was like a huge dishonoring moment for the tribal community. Yeah. And just tore her up and down. And on all of a sudden, the articles about her started to shift to okay, now we have a problem here because when you're looking at that kind of hardcore um, progressive leftist Democrat, mm-hmm. when they look, they take intersectionality very, very serious. And that's kind of like... That's her problem now. Yeah. Is that she now is, she has put herself against the, the more far progressive left Democrats in a way that, I don't think she has a shot now at ever winning a primary for the Democrats 2020. And that's kind of what I took from this when I heard like uh, Ben Shapiro talk about it and like people that were on like more the conservative side, like the commentary podcast, they talked about it, you know, mm-hmm. talked about that. And I'm like, <clears throat> right. I hear that, you know, you guys are all like worked up about this, but I don't know why. Why would you not just let, why would you not just let the left eat herself? Not that I don't understand why you're upset about it, but well, I'm not upset. Like, no, not you. No, not you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean them, like you, like in general, you know, like, like at this point, we all know that it's fucked up. We all know that she fucked up. Mm-hmm. So take the win and let the left fucking eat her because that's what's going to happen. Like, you know what yep. I'm saying? At this point, it's just like an own the libs type of deal. It is. All the people that are moderates are like, well, we knew she was full of shit anyway, so fuck her. You know, like we weren't a fan anyway. Like yeah. the people that are really getting owned by that are the people that are going to take her out anyway. This is true. Know? Now, <clears throat> the reason I like it mm-hmm. is because I'm not a fan and never have been a fan of of Elizabeth Warren. Right. You know, I have my vendettas against certain senators and you know yes. how it is. You yes, know, you my do. me and my Macy Hirono, which she's just making it easier and easier to hate on her these she's days. She's a real prick sometimes. She's a lady prick. Yeah. <laughs> she's a lady prick. But uh that is actually something that we can kind of pivot off of because that's really all it is. I just thought it was it was fun for me. Right. It was a fun win. A lot of people really enjoyed that. Yeah. And so but let's pivot from that real quick to touch on the Ben Shapiro for a second. Yeah. He's so, such a douche. Sometimes. And I think we might have talked about it a little bit last week, but whenever there's not any kind of real hard news going on, like yeah. any hard political news or anything, just to own the libs. his show is just all own the libs. Yeah. And I can appreciate some of that. Like I really enjoyed, you know, him just over and over and over again, just beating up on Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. But then after it was done, I was just, done with it after a couple episodes i don't need it anymore man you got it and then he switches into you know like i said if there's not anything hard to hit on it's just back into this own the libs thing and the nice thing is 
at the onset of the episode, he hits you with what he's going to talk about now. Yeah. And so now, for the most part, I can tell whether this is going to be an own the libs episode or not. And then I can just be like, okay, I'll catch. We'll, we'll see what tomorrow brings. I'm not usually, into this. I'll usually listen for about 10 minutes. And then I can decide whether or not I really need to be listening to it. Mm-hmm. And if I, you know, there's a lot that I only get 10 minutes of and then I move on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Next. Well. Yeah. If it's something that I can get, like, like Jordan asked me the other day, if, if you could only listen to one podcast from now on to get your information from, which one would it be? You know? And I said, I think oh. that I would pick the NPR politics podcast because it's all super good information. It generally provides me some type of article or viewpoint I've not considered yet. And the bias on it is really easy to read. Yes. Like when they're, when they're not being, when they're skewing it or when it's like, like I said, when there's some bias behind it, it's really easy to read. So, yeah. so, so that's, I think that's the one that I would pick, you know, that or like the daily is pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, but NPR politics podcast is a little bit longer. So they have time to a little bit, go yeah. into shit a little bit more in depthly. It's but, not quite as regular sometimes. No, it's like once or twice a week. Yeah. You know, they do like a, a roundup. And then sometimes if something crazy happens, they'll do an episode that's like yeah. 15 minutes. You that know? was a lot. They did so. some of that during like the Kavanaugh stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think I could even choose one. It took me probably ten minutes to think about it and decide. It wasn't anything. It was. It wasn't a quick decision. I had. It's to like think asking me what my favorite movie is. Yeah, and that's. I told. Yeah. I told her the same thing. I told you like I said, maybe the Daily, maybe Politics Podcast. But if I had to really Ooh, only pick one, you the know? Daily would be a good one. I think. Yeah, my only thing with the Daily is that it's not always like political news shit. Sometimes it's stuff about like. Not this isn't important news, but it's not shit that I want from like the political stuff. You know, it's about yeah, it's not what like, I'm looking for. No, it's about like you know personal stories from the stores, you know, and like shit yeah. like that. And that's fine; those are good things. Like, but like they're great stories. But that's mm-hmm. that's not what I'm looking for. With that's not what I'm looking to spend my time on when I'm at work with those podcasts. So, did you catch that? Because uh, I know we had talked about that two parter about mm-hmm. the Missouri thing. That was really interesting. Um, but there was About one pro-life Democrats. Yeah, that was fascinating. Yeah, didn't well. It did kind of surprise me a little bit. I was kind of how well, it surprised me how many people had such a problem with it. You know, like the, yeah. that's the one thing that they don't agree on, and it's such a fucking divisive issue in that party. There, that's weird. That is weird. You know? But it's just you know the party changes as the people that are in it change. I guess. But did you catch the episode? I think it was. <laughs> Friday's episode, maybe it was Thursday's, on the owner of the Comedy Cellar. Yes. Talking about, yeah, yeah Louis C.K.'s return. I thought that was pretty interesting. It was interesting. <clears throat> I, and where was, where is the Comedy Cellar? Is that it's in L.A. L.A.? Yeah. Because the guy sounded like he was a total mass hole. Yeah. Somewhere from the East Coast, somewhere. Um, maybe mass. it is in New York because Louis C.K. is out of New York. So maybe it is okay. in New York City. And then like I think Manhattan, they had most of their stuff on the phone, and then he, I think Michael had gone through. He and, went there, yeah. yeah. So I think it is in New York. I think you're right. That was that was a fascinating story. Super interesting because it got me thinking too about that. You know, kind of centered around the when can a you know a I don't want to say victim, but a a somebody that gets accused of a a hashtag Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, incident or even somebody that has you know like in louis ck his position he actually just came right out and said yeah no this happened and i'm sorry yeah but 
there's that question of like, okay, well, when can he come back to work? You know, we kind of ran into a little bit of that with the Cosby thing when he came back and did a couple little stand-up things here and there. Before he was sentenced and everything. Yeah. But that it, that one was much more cut and dry, kind of disgusting than the Louis C.K. one right. in a way. Well, the Louis C.K. But it C. got K. me thinking. One, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, I was just ending my statement. The Louis C.K. one will always, will always be a little up in the air for me, right? Yeah. Because and I'm sure that there are some people that will be upset in hearing this. But, like, I even talked to my wife about this yesterday. That I was like, I, and I'm sure because I was not in that situation, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, Louis C.K.'s deal was he was he was masturbating in front of people. Like, that's what he did. And, like, took all his clothes off, jacked off in front of people, you know. Apparently consensually. So, okay. Kind of. And so that's why I'm like, why would you not leave? You know? Like, he's not... He, and never was he holding anybody down. He was never forcing anybody. Nobody was tied up. Nobody anything. He just was. You know, he just started jacking off in front of you. You know, why would you not leave? Why would you stay there? Mm-hmm. Like, and I've never been in that exact cir- circumstance, but I've been in plenty of situations where I'm uncomfortable and I've left. I'm like, I'm yeah. not fucking dealing with this. Like, I don't need this, and I fucking left. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't understand. I think the that. The general narrative that usually goes along with that, and it's it always kind of devolves to, well, kind of that postmodernistic, you know, look on males versus females. And, mm-hmm. like, the male is – he always – he has all the power. Right. And so she's scared and can't do anything. Right. And, and, of course, we don't know all the, the details of all these specific situations, but it does beg the question – you know, and he did come out and apologize, and nobody even hardly talked about the fact that apparently he has a family and stuff. And oh yeah, he's and got so daughters like, and like an ex-wife and shit. Yeah, so yeah. like that kind of don't you feel like maybe that would be like a moral topic you want to bring up right. too? But it, it seemed to just kind of get lost in the in the yeah. me too ness of it. I thought that was very interesting, the Louis C.K. deal. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't really know because I thought it was. I don't want to keep saying the word interesting, but I don't really know what else to call it. But I thought yeah. it was interesting that the club owner said, he's like, that's not really my decision to make. You know, he's like, unless you have some type of really egregious deal, it's not my decision to make when you come back to work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of up to you when you feel comfortable and then up to this crowd, whether or not they like you. Yeah. You know, like, that's really who it is. Like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to tell you that you can't come here, you know, unless I really don't agree with something you've done, then you can go to the club down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not a problem. So, and I appreciate that outlook on, like, his job. I did appreciate And I thought Michael kind of tried to put the screws to him a lot with that because he wanted him to be like, well, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't just let him work. Well, why not, man? If if the crowd doesn't want him there, he said he gave everybody a complete money-back guarantee that if they come in, you'll get a complete refund on your drinks and all this. If, yep. if you don't want to be here when Louie comes up, you can leave and we'll give you your money back. Yeah, we said the whole tab is on the house. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that's that's a great thing. I mean, if you're going to say, hey, okay, hey, I'm just going to let the public decide. Right. What the, this is a public issue, obviously. We'll let them decide. And if you get up there and you decide, yeah, I can't do this, then there's no monetary loss for you. Right. We, you know, we're sorry. Here's your money. And then after after a little while, if that happens a lot, the club owners won't book him anymore because he's not going to make money. The people will have spoken. Let that. Uh, th- I think that's a good free market situation that should work itself out. Yeah. Let the marketplace of uh, 
Yeah, let the free market decide, maybe. Yeah. So, the first thing that I have in the grab bag, wrote down Gary Ridgway, right? Because last week when we were talking about the death penalty, um, one of the guys that his argument for not getting the death penalty was, well, you didn't give it to Gary Ridgway. Yeah. Right? And I didn't say anything at the time, but it didn't sit quite right with me. Mm -hmm. Right? And I am almost certain, like 99% certain, that Gary Ridgway didn't get the death penalty because he pled guilty and agreed to, like, give the location or names of other people that he had murdered. And that's why he didn't get the death penalty, was he had set up some type of plea agreement. Yeah. That's why he didn't get the death penalty. Hmm. So it's not because he's white. It's not because his crimes weren't egregious. It's because he agreed to give up information and... Uh, yeah, to show where a bunch more of the bodies were. Yeah. Because we didn't know. I, I remember that. He killed a fuckload of people. Yeah. <clears throat> so. That is int- that's a very good point to bring to the table, though. Yes. So, something to be considered. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much I necessarily a- agreed with the, the state Supreme Court's decision that it was a racially biased, you know, system. But I guess statistically, they have statistics to prove it. And so they went with that. But especially with that particular situation, I don't think, yeah, it doesn't have any real merit to that being a racist situation. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the death penalty for a lot of reasons, but none of which are because it's racist. I mean, I don't know, though. I'm not a statistician. I could, I mean, the Supreme Court probably knows a little bit more about that kind of stuff than I do. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. But in that particular case, because I think that was in one of the articles. Yeah. And it wasn't so much in any of the uh, court opinions. And I think that was this. No, but it was an argument from one of the prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, because when he was fighting to get off the death penalty. Which now, there is no death penalty in Washington State. Not anymore. Which I think is a good thing. But I think we covered that last week, yeah. so I don't want to get too much into... I don't want to repeat my opinion. The other thing that I have here is that Mitch McConnell said that Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid are the biggest reason for the deficit. And I wish that I had fucking written down where I got this information from, right? But whoever That's- fucking got this, right, said that that was false. Tax receipts for corporate corporate tax receipts are done thirty percent from last year, right? Yeah. And there's also a massive increase in military and domestic spending. Massive. And this is but according that's a kind to of this a- person, a classic like Republican yeah. tactic to to do this same thing where you cut taxes, you raise spending, and then you say that entitlements are the problem. You know, yeah, when I was that's not say. really what's happened is you've just increased spending in areas that weren't before. And now you're like, well, fucking look at this, you know, yeah. and the deficit is only a problem when it's shit that you don't want that's being spent on it. You know, yeah. If you were actually the party of fiscal responsibility, Republicans like you were at some point in the past, apparently, it would be nice if you actually just cut spending instead of spent more. But on different things like the DOD. But that does seem like a pretty standard, like you said, a pretty standard, uh, you know, incumbent Republican, you know, standard opinion. They always are going after what they call entitlements. 
which I think too is another, it's a bad word for entitlement for the social security program and all that entitlements is not a good word to be associated with that because no one's entitled to things unless, I mean, I guess once you reach, once you reach the requirements, then you are entitled to receive said benefits. But yeah, no, I also don't like the term entitlement programs. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds elitist. Yes. And I don't like that. It certainly sounds like uh, somebody who's never had to use any type of those programs before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. But what else you got in that um, delicious grab bag of yours? Let's see here. So that was the McConnell thing. I do have a... Oh, yeah. I don't want to forget about my my epiphany with Facebook the other night. Um, yep, I wrote down the shit about the ambassadors. Um, I have some other stuff that's a little more, it's not like newsy type topics. Mm -hmm. It's like stuff that I got high and, um, thought about and wrote down. Sounds like me. Um, (laughs) so this is a high thought. So that means that no one can get upset for this thought having come into my mind. (laughs) The people will judge you accordingly. What if... So the population is enormous, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely enormous. There's way too many fucking people on the planet. Yeah. So what if, right? There's got to be a segment name in here somewhere. Um, (laughs) What if the increase in all of the gender craziness for lack of a better term like all the different pronouns and you know identifying all the different ways what if that is an adaptation like evolutionary adaptation that people are subconsciously using to procreate less to lower the steady increase of the population interesting hmm just thinking out loud Mm-hmm. On this one, right? I mean, so let's we'll start at start. You know, I guess at the at the base point because we see that mostly here in America. We see a lot of it, but it's not just America. I mean, it's it's all of essentially North America, including Canada, and uh, it's all over the world. It's all over Europe. It's it's been all over like the I don't know if you want to call it the South Pacific. You know, for a long time. Yeah. You know, Thailand is, is they've had lady boys, I think is what they are commonly yeah. referred to over there for a very, very Thai long time. And I want to say it goes back hundreds of years. And, I, you know, don't quote me on that. But, you know, that is a very interesting point. Isn't would, that wild? You know who needs to hear that question? A professor of evolutionary biology and his wife. Brett Weinstein and Heather, what's her last name? Hate? Hyde? Oh, Hyde? crap. I don't remember. But yeah, Brett Weinstein's wife. Yeah. Because they're both uh, evolutionary biologists. <laughs> and I, that would be a very interesting, I wonder what he would, would say about that, if it has any merit whatsoever, if that is just a, t- a high thought. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because I bet you that could be. That's got to be an area of study. Yeah. That you think maybe should be in the gender studies curriculum, wouldn't it you? I mean, <laughs> because scientific, the scientific method 
is always trying to disprove your current hypothesis. Yeah. To, to get to the truth. But at least in the, the gender studies field and, you know, sociology field and in some part the anthropology fields, they don't do that anymore. They're just preaching what they, what they say is gospel. And then every time somebody comes out with actual science to kind of disprove them, they just poo-poo it and move on. Yeah. When they really should be trying to disprove all of their own hypothesize, hypotheses. There you go. Yeah, that's a really good one to think about. I like that. That's a very good high thought, my friend. Yeah. It's very thought-provoking. And I have one more. Uh, well, good. I'm going to start writing more of these down then. <laughs> I try to. That's what that's um, about up there and then yeah. the Facebook thing. Um, <clears throat> so this is kind of a roughly written down one, so I'm going to have to kind of... Um, we're constantly progressing through the military medicine um, to fight against, like, new disabilities and, like, diseases and stuff like that that are coming out, right? Like, that's, like, what we're yes. trying to advance to, right? So, what if we're supposed to understand that through the rise in things like um, disabilities, mental disabilities, physical disabilities, illnesses, shit like that, cancer, you know? What if we're supposed to understand from that that we're doing something wrong? You know, I've heard this kind of talked about before with the advent of the vaccine and how many more people are actually living nowadays. And we haven't adjusted our lifestyles essentially uh, on a societal level all over the world, you know, to actually we kind of are in a way. But, you know, it used to always be like our grandparents era, you know, they grew up in family, large families for the most part. Yeah. Consistently. Because kids are dying. Kids are dying. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore for the most part. You know, if you have a kid, you know, you can have one child and at least in 2018, you have a- Most likely it's going to make Yeah, most likely it's going to grow to a full adult age. Yeah. You know, the odds are heavily in your favor. And yeah, so people aren't just popping out tons of kids anymore. Yeah. And that does- Yeah, I think- it's got to be something because at some point the intelligence is now kind of overridden natural evolution that way. If right. that if that right. is indeed the case, you know, and in this argument, we're going to say that it is the case. Um, yeah. And so by preventing disease, you know, ha- you now have a new problem. You now have more of a finite resource issue than you do. Just a survival issue. Yeah. And so now your finite resource system, you know, problem that you have also has a survival, survivability aspect. Mm-hmm. But we don't really know 100% what that is yet. But yeah, that's a good point, though. I wonder, there's all these things that nature has designed to kind of balance and control things. Yeah. And we see it in the animal kingdom all the time. Yes. Oh every, time we, every time we screw around with, you know habitable zones you start getting cougars that start attacking people because they don't have a home anymore mm-hmm. so then they eat people because they're starving or you know the the mountain goat thing we covered with carolina a few weeks ago yeah. like we screw with the natural ecosystem all the time you know we're trying to you know especially in like the more liberal areas mm-hmm. you know just due to the industry that i'm in as in my day job i could tell you that the the state and the the local state governments and all this is they're very very 
aware that any form of development that happens um, affects wildlife. Affects wildlife, and they try to do what they can to to mitigate the the problems. And you know, there's other stuff to that, of course. But that's it. The intent is is there. Yeah. But still, you're still doing it. You know what I mean? We don't, we're not tree people anymore. We don't just live with our ecosystem. We're not one with the ecosystem anymore. So that it is a very thought-provoking idea. Well, so I'm happy you said that because I also had another high thought just today, right? <laughs> when this morning I woke up at like 7. Mm-hmm. So I'm up and I'm smoking a bowl and hanging out with my dog, watching Meat Eater, right? Steven Ranella. Love I still guy. need to watch that. Fantastic fucking show. To and it's just on Netflix, watch. right? Yeah, you can just watch it while you're doing other shit. It's a mm-hmm. great fucking show. And <clears throat> he's in Colorado and he's hunting deer, right? He's talking to the wildlife ranger about the game warden about how much more difficult it's been to get deer this year because it's been so much hotter. And so they're not out in the open as much because they still have their winter coat on. They're getting ready to go into do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I start thinking, right? In a time where everybody has to hunt for their own food, you know, if if everything is the same except we all have to hunt for our own food. We all have cars. Everything else is the same, right? This is happening because the environment is changing. Because because the climate is changing because it's hotter. That's why this is happening, right? Mm-hmm. By the game board and everybody says that, right? So at that time, there would be famines because people who were not as skilled would not be able to get as much food, right? So people would die. But because the because humans as a whole are like so sensitive to shit like that now, you know, to people dying in masses, you know, famines yeah. and just people dying off, shit like that doesn't happen. So the world is not able to do that equalizing shift that it would, you know. Well, it's getting bad, so we got to fuck with all the animals. we got to kill some people off so that, you know, we can shift back to where we're supposed to be. But because we have evolved socially, you know, we are uncomfortable with masses of people dying mm-hmm. so that the world can correct itself. Yeah, I mean, know, we, we have, have whole organizations like the, the World Health Organization, WHO, yes. that looks for that stuff. We are not allowing, theoretically, possibly, allegedly, we are not allowing. <laughs> Hashtag the, high thoughts. <laughs> yeah. We are not allowing the planet Earth to make the adjustments that it needs to make. Are you wearing tie-dye under mm-hmm. there? No, I'm no. just kidding. Just Isn't kidding. that wild? Isn't that I mean, wild? I I wouldn't disagree with that possibility. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. And then I had to think about it. I'm like, well, and I can understand that because I don't <laughs> feel comfortable with, like, if there's a famine, you don't know who's going to die. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a famine, you and I could die. And then our wives are both left without husbands, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's... That's a, I can understand why people aren't comfortable with it, but it seems like that's kind of the natural order of things. That when there's too many people around, they're not all supposed to be able to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not how it's supposed to work. Like the world only provides so much surface area to grow shit because only so many people are supposed to be able to be sustained here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But the opposite end of that is with that population gain and the gain in intelligence mm-hmm. to make it so we don't have to hunt anymore. Yeah, you know, we can now provide water in places that never used to have water we can have we you know if a place like california is in a major drought worst case scenario there's ways we can help with that i mean mm-hmm. we we help with famines over in africa sometimes right that's, i'm not that's you know, all that i'm not stuff. saying it's a bad thing but i it think is ultimately for the best that people are not dying in masses but. yeah but what i think is 
you know, with that that rise in intelligence and technology, you know, at some point you're going to need to catch up to the demand of the population. And you're going to have to come up with ways to sustain said population. And I think we're starting to realize that the way we have always kind of done things over at least our lifetimes and probably our grandparents' lifetimes and, and so on and so forth, probably going back 100 plus years, just doesn't quite work anymore because yeah. like, there's too many people. And whether that is that involves building up instead of out now, mm-hmm. whether we're looking at lab-grown food instead of just massive, you know, big agro farms and stuff like that to take up all the real estate with it. Is there is there other alternatives? I think we are probably on the track to start, you know, getting off the tit of big aggro in mm-hmm. some ways in the relatively near future. Taking supplements to sustain yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm something. Yeah, who knows? Fucking You soylent. get on them vegan, vegan supplements to make sure you don't die because all vegan you eat is tofu. Yeah, <laughs> vegans. I love vegans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not my fault. Vegans. I just have this. I got a chip on my shoulder against vegans. Man. Oh, that was fucking funny. I wish I was recording for that one. That was great. <laughs> oh, oh. Vegans. That's oh. hilarious. So let um. me tell you out about a a high thought that I had this week. Yes. It was at the end of the night one night this week, and I was just. I was laying in bed. I just got in bed and I was waiting for the wife to come in and I just started, you know, I think about stuff a lot. And so I had come up with what I think Facebook is to me. Yes. Right? Yes. What, right. How I see what Facebook is to the society, right? So Facebook has become something interesting to me. It, like many other social media platforms, is a window into at least a certain portion of our population's life and inner thoughts. It's this new and explosively exponential growth in how many people you have to deal with in your world. It's it's like living in a very small town of, say, like a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, one day, you're waking up in like the middle of Beijing or New York City. Yeah, You've never experienced <clears throat> this before. And so... I don't think as a society we were ready for that. No. And I don't I don't know how any society could have been ready for that. Yeah. Nobody could have seen this coming. No. Right? And and I said uh, I think when Jake and Morgan were here <clears throat> that I don't fucking Dunbar's number, you know? I don't think that yeah. we are supposed to know about the whole fucking world's problems. People are made for that, you know? We don't You're as not, Elon Musk put it, we don't have the bandwidth to deal with that. No. We just don't. Your brain is not. There's only, what is it, like 100, 150, whatever it is. You know, that that's, that's Dunbar's there. number. Like, that's the amount of people you can have in your life and have effective, like, good We're, relationships with that, like, make you do positive things, you know? So, yeah, I'm I'm not a I, – I totally agree. I totally fucking agree. I, that That is one thing I hate about social media is it's not – people aren't ready for it, you yeah. know? So we're not made to deal with something like that. 150. Boom. I've talked about this a lot of times yeah. to a lot of people because I feel very adamant about that. That it's, I don't know. It's no, you're not made for it. You're not supposed to. That's, I think that's where so much of this fucking social anxiety comes from. So much of this shit is because you're so aware of all of the terrible things going on around the whole world it's, that you're uh, 
wrapping it all up into a possibility of what's going on, you know? And then it, in some ways you're getting it curated to you in a form that you can't control <laughs> for one. Yes. But yeah, it's essentially, can you imagine having to deal with 360 degree vision? Right. Can you imagine having to deal with 360 degree vision that you could see a thousand miles out and actually be able to pay attention to everything within that thousand, you know, foot mile radius? That's, that's a lot to handle. It's like, it's like when any superhero gets his, it's, it gets their powers. Mm -hmm. There's like a, a learning curve where they're like, I'm not used to having all this extra ability, you know, fucking Spider Man, all that shit. Like there's, there's that period of time where they are not ready yeah. to deal with that. And this is still <laughs> like, this is the superpower that we just got. And we are still in that time where we are not fucking prepared to handle that. I was you like, i.e. see X-Men first class. Yes. When they're like, get all together yes. and they're all trying to teach people how to use their powers. Exactly. And they're blowing stuff up. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So then the question just becomes... What are we going to do about it? Or is it just separate yourself from that shit, man? You got that's the only thing you can do. It already exists. You know, Facebook already exists. You can't recognize it, it for what it is. But if you've had this thought before, you know, that's the same reason I didn't make a Facebook until Monday. So, yep. like, it's well, if, you know what you got ever me thought thinking before, about that. You should separate yourself. That's somebody got this, got me thinking about this because I saw a post from somebody that I know and. He asked, you know, he was talking about, you know, does anybody even recognize Facebook anymore? Because this is just like me. Like, I got on Facebook in the relatively early days. I was yeah. a couple years late. But for the most part, it is completely, completely different, different than what it used to be. Yeah. And it has just become this thing that we just don't know how to handle. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan. I agree. I like that high thought. I think Boom. I've had that same high thought before. So we're like-minded individuals. Yeah. And then I, I have my one. Uh, I guess you would call it. A, this one was more of a drunken thought because this was last night. Yeah. On the whiteboard, it's and it's mostly chicken scratch because I was, I was pulling like a Jordan Peterson. I was up there writing stuff down while I was thinking and talking mm-hmm. about it with Carolina at the same time. Do you know what the word infallibility means? To be infallible. Like, perfect, right? Yes. Yes. And so, because we were discussing how I have become what I like to call a workaholic. Definitely. Now. You've always been that way. The whole time I've known you. Well, that's the thing. I've never been that up until, I've never been this bad until we started the podcast. Mm -hmm. Because I think this has got me, it gives me another outlet to be a workaholic in. And no matter what happens, I never feel I'm ready. I'm I'm always striving towards perfection. I mm-hmm. want to get everything. I want my show notes to be exactly perfect, even though I will write pages and pages and pages of notes and quotes and all that, and I never hardly use them. Yeah. Mostly because I don't like to if I don't have to, because I want to be able to just have it for reference if I need, and that's it. But I spend the entire week doing all those things, mm-hmm. and then it really doesn't equate to much right and so i started i drew well, this i, I, I like drew this chart this is a pretty good thing that we're doing oh it's a great thing <laughs> but i'm just saying i'm putting let's say i'm putting in 150 yeah, no, percent and it, yeah and so on the chart it's a little scribbled out because i was really going to town on it mm-hmm. and so you have a starting point 
at the bottom of where I'm at. And then it goes up at an exponential level, right? Mm -hmm. Towards infallibility. And there's only one thing in this universe that's infallible to some people. And that would be whatever higher power you believe in, mm -hmm. right? And so anyways, there's always the pursuit towards infallibility. You know, it's, it's enlightenment for Buddhists. But anyways, on that, on that search up, there's going to be dips and there's going to be peaks when you go up and down across this, this mean curve as you come up. And I think my problem, I figured this all out last night. My problem is that <laughs> when I hit a peak... I fail to recognize the peak and then it, it just keeps, then you just keep going. Right? right. And it all kind of comes back to failure in my mind. I have become somebody that is obsessed with failure. And I don't mean that in like the literal term of failure, but mm -hmm. not having things be infallible. I need something. I'm trying to make something perfect. And you're just never going to be perfect. No. But there's always going to be perks on that way. Mm -hmm. And failure to me is what drives me these days. Not do, not phrase, <laughs> not phrasing an argument the right way. You know, yeah. that whole turkey situation this morning. Yeah. I just wanted to bring up those stats because I wanted to make it like a, a point to a point I was trying to make, like a mm -hmm. backup point. But I failed to phrase it correctly. And so it threw you off the game because, wait, we weren't talking about turkey. I was like, well, yeah, I know. But that, see, that was my fault because I didn't phrase it the right way. See, there's another perfect example of this is a failure that I'm, it's going to drive me to come about next time I have that situation, come about it a different way mm -hmm. and make it work. But the problem is all those failures drive me to the point where I'm, always seeking more and more of them because it's going to drive me to do better and better and better. And towards, once again, that pursuit of infallibility. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because we talk about our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. Mm -hmm. It is indeed that it is a, it is an ultimately impossible goal. So we'll never be able to inform everybody, but, there's, you know, every time somebody new jumps on board, maybe we get them and we, we help bridge that gap between them. And that's a peak. Yes. Recognize the peaks. And I just need to chill the fuck out on the failures a little bit so that I can actually have time in my life to relax. Definitely. Because, I mean, that's the same thing that drove you to, like, not be able to look at the numbers and shit, you know? Yeah. Is that you got to look at, like, the bigger picture and shit like that to mm -hmm. be able to... Uh, and that, that's a very interesting way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded a lot better to my drunk no, self. No, I don't last think night. that sounds bad. I just think that's. I an even made a reference to, to the Bushido Code Samurai. I was right? wondering what the what that was about. It's that pursuit of perfection to the point that you know you're never going to read it, or you're never going to reach it, mm -hmm. but you spend your whole life in pursuit of that, and that pursuit. That life lived in that pursuit of perfection is not a wasted life because you're always going to be pursuing perfection. So you're always going to be doing better. I think there's a reason that samurais don't exist anymore. There probably is. And that's probably rule 32. Zombieland reference, rule 32, got to enjoy the little things. <laughs> Take time to chill out and relax. 
I fail to follow rule 32 a lot. That is... But we're working on that. <laughs> I thought you would enjoy that. That is great. I uh, love all the way good. that you just put all that together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so much fun, too, because I was so animated. I was right back in the corner here, and I was Carolina was sitting over there, and she's like looking at me like, okay, yeah. And I'm just like drawing stuff up on the board and like getting really animated about it. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time. On the back of a great night. You're an interesting guy, bro. Aren't I just? <clears throat> Somebody at work at work actually called me smart this week. That's what you said. That's like, that was kind of a mind blowing, yeah, situation for me. That's what you said. Oh, so you want to talk about uh, pop culture? Pop culture, real quick. Yeah. Or or you have something else? I just had one little quick thing for pop culture, but that. Oh, that's it. well, I just have a couple of mm-hmm. little things. Pretty much just shit that I. Um, but what do you got? You go first. I actually started watching a new show this week. What is it? Because fucking YouTube went down on Tuesday. Really? It was down for an hour or two. It wasn't much. But the, the Twitterverse was a buzz. I will tell you that. But uh, so YouTube was down. So our kind of nightly little sit down and watch Philly D and stuff was thrown off. Mm-hmm. And so Carolina had been talking about wanting to watch that newer. Well, it's not even new anymore, but that Kristen Bell show, uh, The Good Place. It's on Netflix. First two seasons are on Netflix, and then third's coming out on Hulu. Okay. But it's about this. She, like, dies and goes to this little perfect neighborhood that's supposed to be reserved, essentially, for, like, the the point, 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 one percent. Mm-hmm. Or point zero, zero, you know, you get it. And, uh, but she gets up there, and she realizes, like, I don't belong here. Like, I'm actually kind of a terrible person. And then it's 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 this funny kind of romp. She She's supposed to meet her soulmate gets up there and of course since she's not the right person to be there it's not actually her soulmate but the guy turns out to be like he spent his whole life as an ethics professor and so he's trying to teach her how to be a good person this whole time and it's really fun it's lighthearted. it doesn't take <laughs> itself too serious it's just kind of a nice non-rom-com but you know it has that light feeling of a rom-com but mm-hmm. there's no romance at least yet it's like friends sure yeah. Well, well, I, yeah, I don't know if I... That type of The Friends people, they get real sensitive, so I don't want to put it up there with the Friends. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. But I could see like <clears throat> similar uh, humor veins, for sure. But it's fun. It's pretty fun. We started watching that. I think we're in episode four. Yeah. Something like that. But it's a good one. If you get time, it, it's it's worth a, the first couple of, couple episodes are pretty funny. Word. Word. Um... The big things that I have in the world of pop culture is that yesterday when I was at the Cloverleaf, because I, oh, I, I was over to the Cloverleaf yesterday with the boys. Nice. Um, and I saw that Rihanna declined to do the Super Bowl because she supports Colin Kaepernick. So she said <laughs> that she would not do the halftime Super Bowl show. Um, but, uh, well, you know, which I thought was interesting. More power to you. Um, and then Jordan told me yesterday that she saw a headline that, she, we have not multiple corroborated yet, you know, so we're going to do some more research. But Eminem and Nicki Minaj might be dating. Whoa. Yes. I mean, haven't, there's been a few line drops in some of their songs about like, I got to him first or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I hear little bits and pieces because I listened to the yeah. 93.3, the, um, what is that? Cube 93? Mm-hmm. Because um, they're kind of new. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better than it used to be back in the day. And so, But oh, their geez, DJs a lot great. of time get up there and they like to spout little 
bits of that hip-hop drama and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I feel like I might have heard something like that. Isn't that crazy? We're going to have to look into that one. I think that we figured out that there is an 11-year age difference between them, which is not too bad, you know? No. But interesting. Interesting as fuck. Interesting so, indeed, sir. I'll definitely keep my eyes on that. Um, but that's it. And then as far as personal pop culture... Um, I watched Chappaquiddick last week and forgot to mention it. And How it was, was that? Fucking fantastic! This is about uh, Ted Kennedy. Ted, Ted Kennedy yeah. killing that chick. Uh, he didn't <laughs> kill her; he left her to die. Yeah, um, this is true. And that is also on Netflix. <laughs> Carolina's face, like what? Yes, and then and then went on to continue to serve in the Senate. True story. So. I heard that was a bad movie, though. Oh, no. No? Oh, no, no. Okay. Oh, no. It was I've a fantastic movie. i heard a lot of people hate movie. on it. I if wonder you don't like history, know. you're not going to like it. But it's fucking so good. Yeah. No, it was Come. great. That's also on Netflix. It is? Yes. I think I saw it the other day. Yes. Yeah. Who's the... Uh, who plays... I don't know what the fuck that dude's name is. He looks familiar, though, right? Yes. Definitely familiar. I just don't know what his name is. I might um, have to IMDB that do real quick. It. IMDB it. He's been in lots of stuff. But, I'm deba- um Ed Helms, Andy from The Office, is also in that. He plays his cousin Joe. Oh. Um, Joe Kennedy. No. No. Kennedy. Um, Jason Clark. Was a G. Something, something with G in it. But that's who, yeah, going to be right there. Ed Helms. Who does Ed yeah. Helms play? Oh, it's Jason, Jason Clark. Clark. That's who. That's who plays that's who Ted. Ted Kennedy. Who does Ed Helms play? Joseph Gargan. Gagan. Gagan. What is that? Gargan. Gargan. That's what it is. Gargan. Yeah. That's a bunch of jargon. Gargan. That's just because they're from Massachusetts. Yeah. So I watched that and it was fucking great. I like Ed um, Helms too. Yeah. He's a very uh, multifaceted actor. Yeah, he's too Highly good. underappreciated, I he's think. He's doing good. I do I do enjoy him. Yeah. Um, and then I also watched Star Wars Last Jedi, like, yesterday. You I'm know? sorry to hear that. Yeah, I rewatched it. It's still not awesome. It's still just pretty okay, you know? Yeah. It's really just all right. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to see what happens in the next one, because hopefully it's better than that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wolverine podcast is oh, as all fuck. So good. Yes. We got so, a lot of Logan this time. Yes. Perched up in that dude's window. Yeah. Oh. I'm excited uh, to see where they go. Like I said, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but I'm really curious and I hope that it's like 15 or some shit like that, you know? Because I think this was episode six or seven. Yeah. Um, so. And it's, I mean, it reached a new peak today. Yeah. Or last, was it comes out Wednesdays, I think, right? Yep. And yeah, it definitely reached a new suspense peak. Yeah. Kind of revealed some new whoa moments. And I just don't want to talk about it because it's it's so good. It's, it's so one fun of those good. things. It's, yeah. Can you imagine somebody spoiling Shelter Island for you? Shutter Island? Shutter Island. Shelter oh. Island. Yeah, Shutter <laughs> Island. <laughs> no, that would be that, that would be, be devastating. Yeah. So I watched those things and the Wolverine serial, the serial podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, season three started a couple weeks ago, and it is about the justice system in Cleveland, just kind of like as a whole, and hmm. looks at some individual cases to like reflect that. But she talked to a lot of like DAs and like public defenders and shit like that. Very interesting. Very good. A lot of uh, gang violence in yes. in yeah. Detroit and all that. I uh, mean- yep. Yeah, that would be a very in, interesting. This is in Cleveland, but oh, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio. Mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, Why did so I say? It, Detroit, Michigan. 
But that one's really good. <laughs> Swing on um, and a miss. <clears throat> but that's uh, all that I got as far as pop culture. So, um, The Shop, actually. The Shop is a show that's on HBO that LeBron James did. And hmm. it is filmed in a barber shop, And LeBron James is on it. John Stewart is on it. John Stewart um, is relatively hilarious. Yeah, like two other two other people, and then there's like guests that rotate in and out. Um, is it like, like a talk show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And like Odell Beckham was there, and Michael Bennett was there, and um, so other athletes and shit like that. So female athletes, um, and that's a really interesting show. That's just about like honest conversation. Um, and then he did another one that has Drake on it. And I haven't mm. watched that one yet, but I'm going to watch that one. It's on HBO. It sounds cool. Watching. Yeah. yeah. They like um, an hour a piece? Yeah, it's about an hour, I think. It's good. <clears throat> so that's definitely worth you, it. You can have a decent conversation with someone in an hour. Yeah. Well, I think it's filmed over several hours, but the mm-hmm. show itself, I think, is just one hour. So. Um, oh, and I, I forgot if I did mention this to you this week, but I re-listened to that Ruben report with Eric Weinstein again. Mm-hmm. And... He actually got me thinking we should we could talk about aftercast one time, but uh, about systematic oppression. And he may I just re-listening to a few times and talking to some other people that have been talking about like property taxes. When you think mm-hmm. about systematic oppression with that, and there's some really interesting avenues that would be fun to explore one time. Yeah, but I'm gonna write that down just for to keep that in. I'm gonna keep that in a grab bag for one day, maybe. Word. I can get down with that. Um, so that's all I have as far as pop culture. So you want to go into sports? Yeah. Word. And I think the, the biggest piece of sports news, at sports. least that I saw, sports, was the passing of Paul Allen. Paul Allen. Yep. Owner of the, owner of the Seahawks and the Trailblazers. Yep. Uh, he died. Co-founder on, of Microsoft. Yep. Died on the 15th at the age of 65 from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Shit came back. And he just yeah. announced like two, three weeks ago that it had come back. And he said that he thought he had a better chance of fighting it. And it looked better. Um, but it did end up passing. So they're not exactly sure who's going to take over, you know, the Seahawks and the Blazers and stuff like that. I guess there's been... Talks initially about like his sister possibly doing it. Um, and then there was talks about, excuse me, Jeff Bezos taking over, like buying the Seahawks. Um, cause I mean, Lord knows motherfucker has the money to do it. <laughs> Jeff Bezos um, but, doesn't need to buy anything else, man. He already yeah. bought the Washington Post. He has Amazon. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't even know how many other things he's got his hands into, but a lot. Yeah. So I wouldn't hate it though. He could buy my, my I'll, Seahawks. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. Obviously, very sad. Obviously, best wishes yeah. to to all of his family and everything. Um, he's so. done a huge. He's done a lot of good for our community. Yes, for one, Seattle. Just you know, he's done a lot of great things for you know the region, the area. Not to mention, you know, helping co-found Microsoft and you know, 2018. For God's sakes, just yeah. how much of this technology is all kind of could be trailed back to part of his you know finding a microsoft bill gates and all the work they did thank you for giving us superpowers paul allen yeah (laughs) thank you for giving us a platform like a podcast yeah which without him and i'm you know you never know if technology like that will happen eventually anyways but in our timeline he was the one that that helped make all that stuff happen 
powerful Paul Allen. Yeah. Is it cold in here? Oh, he's. Oh, he's okay. Yeah, she's got mm-hmm. goosebumps from from how powerful Paul Allen was. Yeah. Um, and the only other two pieces of like NFL news that I have is that Carlos Hyde got traded yesterday from the Browns to the Jags for a 2019 fifth round pick. Um, and then the Cardinals fired their offensive coordinator because they look like trash. Um, so they need to do something different. So we'll see if they look any better next week or in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, let's do the pickums real quick. No, I just wrote it down. Yep. We'll do it. I told you I have a note in there to do it in between the notes and the injuries. So, Perfect. <clears throat> so I, like I said, I picked the Thursday game wrong because I got cute and picked the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> got so cute. So the first game is the next London game, actually. Oh, and it is, there's another one, huh? Yes. And it is Tennessee. And the Chargers. Mm. Uh, and it starts at 6.30 a.m., Colin. So if you wake up early tomorrow, I know you wake up kind of early. But if you do, it's going to be. Not tomorrow, baby. Yeah. Not no. not with this hangover. I'll, I'll be at work. So I'm excited that I get to watch this game while I'm at work tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then I can come home and watch all the other games. Do you just put it on your phone with the little yeah. pop-up thing in yeah. back? Yeah. I'll just on the, on the little phone. clutch shelf right there? Mm-hmm. That's like perfect eye level, I think, for us. Yep. Yeah, so I'll just put it right up there, and I can watch that game while it's on while I'm at work. <clears throat> I don't think that's going to be much of a game. Um, I think the, no, think the, the Titans have looked like absolute shit, mm-hmm. uh, and the Chargers are great. Philip Rivers throws for a fuckload of yards, mm-hmm. a, a metric fuckload of yards every year is how is how many yards he throws. That for. is a legitimate so, unit of measurement, yeah, people. A fuckload. Um, and he, he does it every year. So it's, oh. it's supremely impressive. So I'm definitely going to go with the Chargers on that one. Uh, the Titans are 4% for that. They're three mm-hmm. and three and the Chargers are four, four and two. So the records are not too far apart because Marcus Mariota is good. People are shit on him, but their offensive line is absolute trash. And like <laughs> they, he got sacked 11 times last week. The Ravens sacked him 11 times. You're going to tell me that's all Mar- that's all Mariota's fault. Yeah. Fucking no. right. No. Yeah. Fucking right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going Chargers. After that, Vikings, Jets, Vikings, Vikings 84%. All the way. Yeah, Jets 16. So I went with the Vikings. They're 3 2 and 1. Um, and the Jets are 3 and 3. And after that is Panthers, Eagles. Panthers 3 and 2. Eagles 3 and 3. Panthers 12%. Eagles 88%. Really? But I, I thought the same thing. I kind of feel good about the Panthers. The Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Where so, is that at? Is that at home? Um, for the Panthers, I think that the Eagles are at home, mm. so I think it's in Philadelphia. Mm. So, yeah, that could go both ways for me. Yeah, but I don't know. I got a feeling about what's the Panthers' record right now? Three and two, and the Eagles three and three. <sighs> so identical records essentially, but the Panthers have had a bye week. So, are they coming off of a bye week right now? I think so. I, I'm going to give it Panthers. to the Panthers. Yeah, I think I'll so, I'll roll too. the dice on um, the I next am not one. liable for your poor decisions, by <laughs> no, the way. <laughs> no. Um, the next one is Texans at Jaguars. Texans 17%, Jaguars 83%, Texans 3-3, three and three, Jags 3-3. Three and three. Giving it to the Jags. Um, yeah, the Jags did also just sign Carlos Hyde, so... I don't know that he'll play tomorrow just mm-hmm. because he just the, tra- the transition was so last minute. But 
um, he'll probably he'll be on the sidelines for sure and suited up, but we'll see. Uh, the next one is Browns at Buccaneers. Browns twenty five percent, Buccaneers seventy five. Ooh, Buccaneers two and three, Browns two three and one. Well, I'm going Browns because I'm playing Baker Mayfield, and he's been doing In okay. Tampa. In Tampa, yeah. Oh, that hurts my soul. Yeah, but hey, you know, Tampa's my guy. I got to roll with him. So terrible that he Baker Mayfield has the potential to take advantage of that. So I'll go Browns. I'll take the fight on the Browns. Okay. The next one is Lions that are they're two and three. They're thirty seven percent. We're at Dolphins four and two, sixty three percent. The Lions are coming off a bye. The Lions want it. And I don't, I don't care for the Dolphins. I and I like the Lions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying I like Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford is clutch. Him and Russell Wilson are tied for the most fourth quarter comeback wins in NFL history. Nice. Yeah. Is Golden but, Tate still play for the Lions? Golden Tate does still play for the Lions. But you know who's the man in Detroit? Kenny Galladay. That's who the man is in Detroit. Oh. Kenny fucking Galladay. Galladay. They call him Babytron. Babytron, yeah, because yeah, they awesome. used to have Megatron. Yeah, so call him Babytron. Yeah, that's dope. No, he's great. So <clears throat> the Lions are good. I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and so, so I'm gonna go with the Lions on that mm-hmm. one. And then after that, we got Pats four and two, eighty three percent at Bears three and two, seventeen percent. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Pats on yep. that one. Yeah. Um, they've had an interesting year so far too. Patriots, yeah. Start a little bit slow and start coming out. You know, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. he's, he's here to win. He's not here to fuck around. So Nope. <clears throat> Next game after that is Bills at Colts. Bills 16%, 2-4. and four. Colts 84%, 1-5. I am also going to go with the Colts. The Bills mm-hmm. are terrible. What and was that game a couple weeks ago where the Bills were like – down it might have been like three weeks ago the bills they had like five percent and they yeah they fucked on whoever that was yeah i don't remember who it was maybe the miami or something like that but they absolutely (laughs) destroyed them that's why i don't like miami it was crazy um but the the bills are starting their backup quarterback because their rookie quarterback fucked his elbow up i think Mm. um and so he's gonna be out for a while yeah that's a cold situation by far yeah so I think I'm going to go with the Colts. And after that, Saints at 54%, 4 and 1. At the Ravens, 42%, 4 and 2. I'm giving it to the Saints. Really? Yep. I have the Ravens down here initially. I saw that. Because the Saints defense is not that good. Um, it's all right. Yeah. But it's not fantastic. The Ravens defense is great. Who were they playing against when he broke the record? That was. Tampa Bay. Okay. I think. And that was kind of a tit for tat game and for a little while. Destroyed them. Yeah. And then they just, just wiped so them. But I don't know. I just got faith in Breeze, man. All right. Well, I'm going to take the fight on the Ravens. You do it. I'm going Ravens. Uh, the game after that is Rams 6 and 0, 96% at San Francisco 4%. <laughs> That's not even a game. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Rams. Yeah. Um, after that, Cowboys thirty two percent three and three at Redskins sixty eight percent three and two, mm. and I have the Cowboys down here. Mm, I'll give it to in the Cowboys. Washington. Yeah, I think the Cowboys can do it. Yeah. Uh, after that is Bengals four percent four and two at Kansas City five and one ninety six percent. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Yeah, I give it to um, the Chiefs, even though their defense is so bad. That offense is so incredible that. There's no beating that. And then after that is Giants 5%, 1 and 5 at Falcons 95%, 2 and 4. And I gave it to the Giants 
Um, because you like to root for the underdog. I don't know why I did that. Um, oh, because the Falcons' defense is so terrible. Mm. That's why. And so I think that if Odell can get going and Sterling Shepard can get going, they got Evan Ingram back this week, their tight end. That's Saquon Barkley. They There is enough weapons there that if Eli Manning can take his head out of his ass, they can win a fucking game. But he's got to take his head out of his ass. Manning, so, Eli. So we'll have to see what happens, what comes from that. So so you're going to give it to the I'm Giants? Going, I'm going with the Giants this time, I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do they know that you, I mean, that you don't, right? I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll check. We'll, we'll check on that next week and we'll see how it went. How do they come up um, with those percentages, by the way? Is it just kind of a. I got no fucking idea. Yeah. I because got I don't no even idea. know. Because they're not right half the time. Right. So, like, why? Where, uh, who knows? Whatever. Yeah, I have no it's, idea. It's like projected points. It's fantasy. Um, who really knows? <laughs> right. So after that, I just have the injuries. Uh, so the Bills, they expect their quarterback, Josh Allen, to be out two to three weeks. I think it's his elbow that he fucked up. My elbow. Um, then after that, Devonta Freeman, they placed him on, on the IR for his groin. For anybody who has Devonta Freeman in their fantasy league, Edo Smith is the guy that's going in for the backup. Uh, waivers have already gone and everything like that, so it's probably too late for most people. Um, Ryan Tannehill is not playing again this week. He was a surprise out last week, like out of nowhere. He didn't play, and again, he's not playing. Uh, the Saints, their wide receiver, Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn Jr., they placed him on IR. That was weird. Um, so he's gone. And then Marshawn Lynch, he's out three to four weeks. Whoa. His groin. Yeah. Somehow he fucked up his groin last week against the Hawks. Now he's out for three, four weeks. Yeah. Wow. Marshawn Lynch out for a while. So. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. I have a situation here. Uh oh. Gronk is questionable. Ooh. And he's projected to have zero points. Uh-oh. So, I am in dire straits of it. And my other tight end is on a bye week. Oh, shit. Uh, Daddy's got some decisions to make here. But, yeah, I, I looked on Thursday and I totally forgot about it. And all of a sudden, it was like 6 o'clock on Thursday. I was like, oh, crap. I got to look to see if anybody's on bye week. I had two people on a bye. Yeah. and Which was good because they were kind of my ba- my backups anyway. So, I, I benched them real quick and saved it. And I don't think I had, but. I don't think I had anybody play on the Thursday game. So I think most of my games are Sunday. Had Royce Freeman. He did all right. Yeah. Just all right. Just all right. And I found out I'm playing Casey this week, Mm. but not the Case Bowls. Oh, Boston Casey. Yeah. Word. He's got a pretty good team, too. He's the the first person that beat me. So His, uh, His projected points aren't doing so hot right now, but that's all right. Yeah. Projections are projections. And they don't mean shit. Nobody's ever projected for 50 points. But no. they go off for 50 points sometimes. They, so. Dude, the first like whole three weeks, was QBs throwing 40s, yeah. 45s. Crazy. Yeah. Good stuff. Yep. So Makes that's life I, exciting. That's all I have for sports. Do you have anything else that you want to throw in here? No, sir. Okay. Should we plug all the social medias Safe. one more time? Is that what we should do? Like us on Facebook at yep. Salt to the Streets. Follow us on Instagram at Salt of the Streets. YouTube, Salt of the Streets, saltofthestreets.com for everything. Um, Twitter, I am at Salt of the Street. Instagram, I at Alpaca underscore Donovan. And I am at Big Bird Offie on both Instagram and Twitter machine. And I think that is everything. Uh, so with that, let me see here. I want to pick a good one. I want to I pick a real good one. I like it. You know what it looks like around here, Colin? It looks like 
We drank everything in the entire world. And then we went out and we bought some crack and we smoked it. It's my average Tuesday. (laughs) 